It's 32 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. President Trump is touting his administration's tax cuts in a tax day op-ed. In the column in today's edition of USA Today, Trump writes that paychecks are climbing, tax rates are going down, and businesses are investing. Trump also writes this is the last year Americans will fill out what he calls outdated, complicated tax forms. According to the president, starting next year, many Americans will file their income tax returns on a simple, single sheet of paper. Of course, the deadline for filing this year's tax returns is midnight tonight, and fewer Americans say their federal income taxes are too high. A new Gallup poll says only 45 percent of Americans feel the taxes they pay are too high. That's down 4 percent from last year and is the lowest percentage since 2012. Even though fewer feel they are being overtaxed, 52 percent of Americans disapprove of the new tax law that gives tax cuts to most of the middle and upper class. Pennsylvania's health secretary, Dr. Rachel Levine, says the Commonwealth will implement all recommendations the Medical Marijuana Board made last week. So later this summer, dispensaries will be able to sell dry leaf marijuana, which is a much more affordable form of the medicine. However, dry leaf can only be vaporized since smoking medical marijuana is prohibited by Act 16. Sitting for long periods of time is bad for you, maybe worse than previously thought, while it causes problems with the cardiovascular system. A new study from UCLA found that sitting for long periods of time could negatively affect the part of the brain related to creating new memories. So that could be a precursor to problems later in life like dementia. What about laying down? (laughs) Does that, because I don't know if you've ever laid around for an entire day, but it's exhausting. Yeah. Before I had kids, I used to lay around to the point where it hurt to bend my legs. Like, (laughs) I just, I I was a big fan of laying down. Uh, And now I do it, but but it's, it's with a lot of guilt and shame. Yeah. Uh, According to a new study, men who don't achieve as much as their parents end up suffering from mental distress. Researchers found that not doing as well as their parents in life causes guys as much mental anguish as getting a divorce. Researchers also found that women are not emotionally affected by this lack of achievement. The most popular class in the history of Yale University is Psych 157. It's Psychology and the Good Life. And it pretty much covers the science behind having a positive outlook and how to change behavior and teaches students self-improvement. And now... Anybody in the whole world can take that class online for free. The six-week seminar-based course is available for free on Coursera, which means you can just log onto the website, do the work, and then I guess you can tell everybody you've been educated by Yale. Wow. So you'll have bragging rights. There's all t- there's all types of that stuff on the internet. There is classes that you can sign up and take for free or th- not like that are that are going on, mm-hmm. but that have already just been recorded and yeah, online. The Apple Store has a ton of those. It's it's crazy to me the access um, to knowledge that everybody has, and this is maybe the dumbest time we've ever <laughs> lived. Ah, uh, still time to get worse. <laughs> U2 will mark the 30th anniversary of the release of 1988's Rattle and Hum, but not with a big reissue. At least for now, they're offering a special collection only to those who subscribe to their website, u2.com. Titled 3D Dance Mixes, this limited edition set includes a 12-inch vinyl record featuring three remixes as well as an exclusive poster and a pair of black and white prints from the period by their longtime photographer Anton Corbin. The three songs that have been remixed are When Love Comes to Town featuring B.B. King, God Part Two, and Desire. 
Uh, the Live from the Kingdom mix of When Love Comes to Town includes a sermon by Little Richard. The hard metal dance club mix of God Part 2 samples John Lennon's voice and includes the recorded words of Martin Luther King Jr. Both of those extended remixes have never previously been commercially available. Rattle and Hum, a two-disc set, was released October 10, 1988. It included live performances and studio tracks recorded at Sun Studios in Memphis in November of 1987. Ava Longoria got her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in Los Angeles. Hard to believe that she's getting a star, but Desperate Housewives co-star Felicity Huffman, actress Anna Ferris, and singer Ricky Martin were in uh, attendance. Ceremony comes ahead of the release of Longoria's remake of the romantic comedy Overboard, which is due in theaters on October 4th. Has she been in a lot of movies? I don't, I don't think yeah. like I know she's she's a star. Yeah. She's obviously recognizable, but other than that show, I don't remember seeing her in anything. I think she's been in a handful of not blockbuster movies. Right. But like rom-coms yeah. that that maybe were like B-list. And I don't know how it worked in the old days, but I think now you just have to pay for the star. Yeah. Like your fan club can right. can get it for you. Can petition and Throw the money up. and Yeah, I don't know how they did it in the old days, but it seems like <laughs> there should be a little more uh, restriction or accomplishments. I don't know. Maybe they're just extending it. Maybe. Like now it goes into like, <laughs> you know, some other town. Like it's it goes all the way to San Diego. Right. I don't know how far <laughs> right. it goes. And finally, some sad news this morning. Super sad. Yeah, another celebrity death to report. Actor Harry Anderson has died. The 65-year-old was found dead in his home in Asheville, North Carolina yesterday morning. A cause of death has not been revealed, but police do not suspect any foul play. He was best known for playing Judge Harry T. Stone in the 80s sitcom Night Court. We have to arrange 200 cases in one shift? That's impossible. Well, I guess we're going to have to cancel the 10 o'clock break. No! <laughs> What I mean, sir, is that I rely on that break to um, rejuvenate myself, to uh, refresh myself, to... to have cheap sex in the broom closet. <laughs> Absolutely not. Sheila brought her van. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. You're going to have to wait till after work to pop your clutch. <laughs> Let's get started, okay, people? Anderson's role on Night Court earned him three Emmy nominations. He also appeared on Dave's World and the Stephen King It miniseries, and he had a recurring role on Cheers, and he was a stand-up as well. You like my suit? Do you? You like the suit? It was a surprise present from my wife. It was on a chair in the bedroom last night when I got home. I love it. <laughs> Jacket's kind of big, but it came with a wallet. <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, Harry Anderson, sad report, dead. It's pretty shocking. Like I, 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 I honest to God, like not I was, that old. I haven't seen him in a you know in a while in terms of appearances. Mm -hmm. So I started looking up stuff online last night after I heard the news, and he did a live at Gotham in 2016. Just a couple of years ago, yeah. he was hosting that show huh. in New York, and I don't know. I, he he must have been in in bad health, but there was no real explanation. They just said he was found dead yeah, in no his home. Play, and I'm so. like, this is crazy. Well, he could be one of those healthy people who just drops dead of a heart attack. Yeah. 
Did you ever see? Did you ever see him on Cheers? Yes, he was so funny on that. Mm-hmm. I forget his character was like Harry the Hat or yeah, something. Yeah, that sounds right. He was like yeah. a con man. Mm-hmm. God, he was so he was so funny. His stand up really wasn't my cup of tea, but he yeah. was, you know, that '80s comic who had a completely quirky style. Like he would come up with a stuffed animal rabbit and then pull a hat out of the <laughs> rabbit. Yeah. Just kind of, you know, cheesy Silly. stuff now in retrospect. But but yeah, Night Court was a great show. Yeah, uh, Margie Post and John Larroquette in that clip as well. So, yeah. Windy and cold today, snow and rain. Uh, you're probably seeing a little snow in your car this morning. Roads seem to be not too bad in some places, but there are quite a few accidents this morning. High temperatures today only in the upper 30s. It's 32 now at DVE. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford and Mike Pursuta coming up at the bottom of the hour with sports. Randy is off this week. Mike Langa, the Hockey Hall of Famer, going to be joining us at 845 this morning as we get ready for Game 4 against the Flyers tomorrow night in Philadelphia. Billy Gardell joining us at 9 o'clock this morning. He's got a big announcement for us as well. It's all coming up on the DVE Morning Show. We were talking earlier about, uh, um, you know, me eating at restaurants uh, by oh, yeah. myself, which, uh, you know. Well, a lot of comics do that. You do, and uh, and I get to, I guess there's this lever of just cantankerous. I don't know. I, I don't like it when they t- ask, they tell you how many sides you can have, mm. you know, like, uh, I, I just, <laughs> I guess I, I, I'll take the salmon and a baked potato and a, sir, you only get one side. I get however many sides I say I get. I'm a, I'm a grown man. Right? Like I, I, I know I don't look like I got a lot of money, but I can afford some sides. Here's a 50. Keep them coming. I'm going to rain sides up in here. I decide the sides. I'm the side. Decide. I want them all. I want them all twice. I want uh, asparagus twice. I want a baked potato twice. And I'm not talking about a twice baked potato. I want two. I want rice pilaf. And between you, you guys and me, I don't. Exactly know what rice pilaf is. Yeah, like I, no, it's neither. different every place. They it's different everywhere you go. I googled it. I looked it up. From what I can tell, rice pilaf is rice with anything else that you want to put in it. <laughs> anything. You know how sometimes you drop yeah. your phone in the toilet and you gotta put it in rice to dry it out? Yeah. Technically, okay. <laughs> that's rice pilaf by, by letter of the law. That, that's what it, definitively. Yeah, yeah. I, I got in a, looking at rice pilaf. Yeah, I, I got in a little bit of side trouble with the red lobster. I uh, I go. Uh, I'll I'll take a some trout. First of all, okay, the waitress. I think she thought I was poor. Okay. And I'm not. I mean, I'm not rich. You're but going to have lobster. How poor could you exactly. be? Exactly. I mean, and and just between you guys, and I, you know, I'm like, I mean, I could do. I could get whatever I want at Red Lobster. Like, I, like, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying that I would, but I could go two entrees if I wanted to, <laughs> you know, a, a couple times a month. But uh, and I was wearing like my third best shirt. I mean, I was I, I, I did not look poor. Right. Um, so I go, I'll take the trout and some asparagus. And uh, she gets real concerned. She's like, oh, sir, uh, asparagus is a premium side. I'm like, so. What does that mean? Like, is is real good? And she goes, uh, "No, it's extra." I'm like, "How much?" She goes, "A dollar forty nine." I'm like, "I, I can swing it." Like, you know, I mean, I got, you know, 
I got to call my guy. I got to call my guy. I, 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 you know. He says we could do it. I mean, he says we. I mean, we're gonna have to move some stuff around. Like we're gonna. Yeah, Is there I'm probably a check gonna, cashing place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna might have to put off retirement for a couple of years, but we're gonna make this happen. Matter of fact, this is a big night. I want three three asparaguses or asparagus. I don't know the plural, but uh, I can spare a guy. I can. I, I've, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep the girl, but I'm lousy with guys. Yeah. yeah. It's the DVE Morning Show. Axel Rose uh, reportedly working on new music with Angus Young and whatever is going to be of ACDC, but no word on uh, if they're going to put out a full album or whether they're going to tour again, but we'll see. We talked about it yesterday. We would go see that. I, I would go see it. As ACDC. But it's barely ACDC. It's one guy it's, from ACDC. It's, it's Angus. Yeah. And that's it. Do you think that they'll... Well, no, they, they, they're not going to call Brian Johnson again. No, I don't think so. He's uh, He's already been kicked off he's the mo- island he's moved on to auto racing which he did mm. before anyway but i think he's doing a lot of that now so uh, really he de- he he races yeah how does he hear which, the uh which the pit i was gonna say it might also have contributed to his hearing <laughs> loss but uh penguins uh, home after sunday's win in philadelphia which it was an afternoon game yeah. two days off so i love kinda, this kind of made sense for them to come home short short flight what is that like a half hour yeah it's nothing. Don't spend any t- any more time in Philadelphia than you absolutely have to. <laughs> fly in there tomorrow, kick their ass, fly back. Yeah, so they had uh, got a little bit of rest, had the day off yesterday, but uh, back at practice today. And game four tomorrow in Philadelphia. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can come out of there with another win and wrap up the series on Friday here at home. Mike Pursuta's got sports next. It's the DVE Morning Show. 40%. DVE. Sports. I'm Mike Pursuit of Four DVE Sports brought to you this hour by Xfinity from Comcast. Val, have you ever done more stories in a short period of time that included the phrase because of the road sinking? No, it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's, and landslides, it's just stunning. Every day I, I see think another one. On the news, they said the other day there are 70 active landslides in the Pittsburgh area. Unreal. It's all this. It's all this rain. It's just like over by my old house. Commercial. Commercial was closed. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's nuts. Maybe Broad Street will be next. That'd be nice. Patterson Avenue. Maybe the Wells Fargo Center will just get <laughs> swallowed down into the depths of hell where it belongs. Well, it's already there. So, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully after Wednesday night. Penguins still have a little business to do, but not yet. They were off yesterday. Uh, the National Hockey League did not take the day off. Four games yesterday in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Maple Leafs beat the Bruins 4-2. to two. Boston still ahead two games to one. The Devils beat the Lightning 5-2. to two. Tampa Bay still up two games to one. And the Avalanche beat the Predators 5-3. to three. Nashville still up two games to one. Anaheim not as lucky in terms of getting back into the series. The Ducks lose to the Sharks 8-1. to one. San Jose has a three games to none lead Yikes. in that series. I know you, you hate Toronto, but I think I hate Boston more. I, I respect that, yeah. Yeah, you, you. We don't have a reason to to hate Toronto other than they're a Canadian team at the moment. Well, that's yeah. just Mike. I don't. Is, <laughs> yeah. Well, I I don't hate them so much as I find it hilarious that they haven't won the cup since 1967. 
And they care more than anyone else. It's supposed to be the epicenter (laughs) of the English-speaking Canadian game, and uh, they do care, or so they say, more than anyone else. And And they've stunk forever. It it just knocks me on my ass when a place like uh, Tampa Bay wins the Cup (laughs) and Toronto still can't have it. (laughs) Who won it this year? Jersey. Yeah. (laughs) Where's the Cup? (laughs) Somebody left it at the bottom. Bing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know, so you entertain yourself with yeah. how you can on the but off I, days. I, I'm I'm with Val. I hate Boston. Yeah, I I can get that. Mainly because of the rat, but you know, they they have some other hateable players on their team as well. well not as much as I hate the Capitals or Columbus or My brother's Philly, not that but... big a hockey fan, mm-hmm. but he hates the Bruins because he figures some of the Bruins fans are Patriots fans. <laughs> And if the Bruins if the Bruins lose, that'll piss them off. So that's enough. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a Venn diagram of yeah. mass holes. <laughs> Penguins, as I mentioned, were off yesterday, but head coach Mike Sullivan uh, held a teleconference uh, shortly after we got off the air yesterday. Uh, one of the topics was the confidence that the Penguins played with in Game Three. Sunday afternoon in Philadelphia, uh, a lot of the fans uh, upset with that five to one loss at home on Friday night uh, that had evened the series at one game apiece and seeded home ice advantage to the Flyers. But uh, Mike Sullivan emphasized yesterday that despite the ugly score, the Penguins uh, emerged from that game as confident as they've been all along. Yes, we did. We we felt like we played two pretty solid games. You know, when you look at the numbers in, in game two, uh, you know, we, we we limited their shots to, uh, you know, to under 20. Uh, if you take the, the empty net goal away, I believe they had 19 shots on goal. Uh, we limited the scoring chances that we, that we gave up. I think the, the takeaway is some of the, some of the chances that we did give up were, were high quality. And, and we felt as though Philly was opportunistic in that regard. And, and so we've got to try to cut the quality of the chance down that gives our, our goaltender a better opportunity to make that timely save for us. And that was one of the takeaways from it. But there was, there was a lot to like about uh, our game two as well. I thought, uh, I, I, I didn't think it, 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 was a, it was a disaster, <clears throat> excuse me, or it was a dominant performance as, uh, as it was portrayed by a lot of the media. You know, you have to give the Flyers credit. They played a sound game. They were opportunistic. But I don't think the score was any, any indication of how the game was played, and that's, that's how we felt. Yeah, I would agree with them on that. I thought the Penguins outplayed them for two periods, just couldn't score. Uh, game three, they kind of just kept what they've been doing, uh, kept doing what they've been doing all along, and this time it was the Penguins winning 5-1 uh, based on how confident they felt even after the loss in game two, game three was about persevering rather than panicking. We felt as though we had a lot of high-quality scoring chances and the puck didn't go in the net for us, and, and sometimes that's going to happen. That's, that's part of hockey. But what we try to do is look at, look at the game objectively. We try to give our players a fair assessment of what we see, and we try to learn from it and move by it, and that's exactly what we did. Um, we know this is going to be a hard-fought series. We're playing against a very good Flyers team that, that can – uh, that can be dynamic offensively, and we're, we're going to have to make sure that we continue to stay diligent and, and making sure that uh, that we defend hard when the time is called upon. Yeah, I think they've been pretty good at that so far in the three games. Uh, I think they've got a good plan, uh, good good feel for the Flyers, and when they put the puck in the net, they're going to win. Yep. And uh, they did not do that in game two, but they had ap- ample opportunity to do so. 
But I'm with you, Mike. They got to stay out of the box. They can't just be taking ticky tack, especially in their in, in the other end zone. They, they they just can't take those kind of penalties. Yeah, and, and guys like Evgeny Malkin and Derek Broussard shouldn't be the one taking penalties. That's... Gino does that though sometimes. Well, he should stop, Val. He should have stopped about yes, eight years ago. You are right. He should get a little smarter by now. He is a little smarter. Come on. Let's give some credit. You could play that sound clip of him saying, I, I was busy. He's talking <laughs> every to me day. like I'm like I'm like busy. And know? I would it's laugh like, well, every day. Well, what do you want? Maybe we'll play it tomorrow. It'd be nice to be today. <laughs> uh Capitals at the Blue Jackets tonight, Winnipeg at Minnesota, and uh Vegas at LA. The Kings uh, trail the Knights three games to none. Winnipeg's up two games to one on the wild. Columbus up two games to none on the Caps. And, Bill, you're rooting for uh, more home team misery in that yeah. one. That's, overtime losses that's for the home team. started just the way you wanted. Wear yep. them out. Two overtime losses for the home team. <laughs> Pirates lose to the Rockies 6-2. to two. Yesterday, Stephen Brault goes six innings and gives up five runs. All of them earned two walks and a strikeout. The Pirates fall to 11-5. and five. They've got uh, the Rockies at PNC Park again tonight. Chad Bettis, 2-0 with a 2.04 ERA against Trevor Williams for the Bucks, who is 3-0 with a 1.56 ERA. First little bit of adversity for the Pirates in the early going. Uh, they announced yesterday that Josh Harrison suffered uh, a fracture to the fifth metacarpal bone in his left hand on Sunday against the Marlins. Harrison is going to be out approximately six weeks. So the Pirates have recalled infielder Max Moroff from AAA Indianapolis. Also, uh, Exchange of pitchers in the bullpen. Right-hander Doivides Nevaraskas has been optioned to AAA Indianapolis to make room for lefty Eni Romero, who was claimed off waivers over the weekend. Steelers president Art Rooney II reacted to James Harrison's retirement yesterday. Rooney II issuing a statement, quote, Thank you, James, for all your contributions to Steelers football throughout your career. Best of luck with your family in retirement. So uh, Ryan Shazier posted uh, a message to Harrison, uh, glowing tribute type stuff. Yeah, I saw if, Kiesel posted something. I can't remember if Shazier was one of the guys that, uh, no, he wouldn't have been. He wasn't. Um, I wonder all those guys that, that were so quick to trash uh, James Harrison when he signed with New England, I wonder what they're thinking right about now. Probably the same thing. Yep. It's an all-time steal of great, Bill. People, he is. People can accept that now, or they can accept it eventually. But, but I you, think I, I think people might even be over the Patriots thing already. Maybe because the Patriots didn't win the Super Bowl. Well, that might. Yes, help. that helped. Watching the uh, the sad confetti fall on his shoulders as he walked off the field, a loser. You know, it's kind of a good way for him to go out, though. He went out in the Super Bowl, didn't win it, but he's won it before. He didn't exactly have a smooth storybook career. No. Started with adversity, ended with adversity, but right. uh, hell of a lot happened in between. One of the all-time Steeler greats, but it's complicated at the moment. Time heals all wounds. Yeah, it'll heal. I'm done. Thanks, Mike. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, are you in the dream job you has had as a kid? We'll talk Absolutely. about that coming yes. up. Yes. I couldn't imagine a better position to be in. <laughs> this is the best. This is the dream. <laughs> I couldn't be happier. Living it. When they say living the dream, Val, there should be my picture. That's you. Yeah. 
Uh, so we'll talk about that and celebrate your happiness coming up at the top of the hour. <laughs> and Mike Lang joining us at 845, Billy Gardell at 9 o'clock this morning. He has a big announcement for us. It's the DVE Morning Show. Oh. I wear fanny packs all the time. Do you? Uh, yeah, I've been wearing fanny Wonderful. packs forever. They're so great. And yep. now they have really cool. They Hands make cool. Free. Yeah. Oh, man, you can shop double fisting. That's right. Uh, I'm not, I probably shouldn't have. Okay. That was a phrase. You know, was... don't let Sid Bream hear that. Right. No. Uh, but let me, I, so I wear them all the time and I went to Scotland. I love wearing them when I travel because then you can put all your documents in there. Yeah. And I didn't realize that the, the word fanny in the UK means something else. It means the P word, you know, uh-huh. like the lady parts, but the slang lady parts word that's yeah. like a dirty P so word. So like, like the, meow the, meow. Like the front, yeah. the front like fanny. The front yeah, but I didn't realize that, and so I'm going through customs, <laughs> and the guy's like, "Passport, please," and I'm like, "Let me dig it out of my fanny." Right? <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm just like shoving my hand down. He can't see anything from. He's seeing my shoulders up, and I'm like pulling other things out. I'm like, "Ugh, it's like you can just fit everything in here." <laughs> I'm literally saying all of the bad things. I'm like, "Oh, how did that get in there?" Different. For three days, I had no idea. I'm saying like. Saying that word, let me dig it out of my fanny at Starbucks, like everything. <laughs> Nobody got wide eyes. It was like my way of making fun of the way I w- that the fact that I was wearing a fanny pack. Yeah, you were <laughs> like, oh. you have to address it. You go like, look, I know I'm a nerd. <laughs> let me dig it out of this fanny. fancy fanny here. <laughs> it's new. It's brand new. I just got it. <laughs> you know, like you literally, if you say it, once you realize the context, you're like, every single thing I've said is horrifying. That's right. <laughs> I can't fit another thing in there. Oh, my God. It is stuff. (laughs) Anyway, I keep my lunch in there now. (laughs) Very convenient. It's 32 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Golden Oak Lending. I'm Val Porter. Bill Cosby's primary accuser took to the stand for a second day in the comedian's sexual assault retrial. Uh, Yesterday, the defense has tried to paint Andrea Constand as a money-hungry con artist, and at the heart of their argument is the $3.38 million settlement she received from Cosby. Attorney Tom Mesereau asked the former Temple University staffer why she took the money. She said, quote, I just wanted to get it over with. It tore me and my family apart, and we just wanted to get it over with, end quote. In her testimony, she also denied knowing a defense witness who claimed Constand wanted to frame Cosby. She said she never planned to falsely accuse Constand. Cosby for money. Gianna Constand, her mother, repeated a claim that after her daughter uh, told her of the assault, she did call, call Bill Cosby. She said Cosby admitted having sexual contact with her daughter. The 80-year-old has denied the charges against him, though. Cosby's first trial last year ended in a hung jury. John McCain had surgery to help fight off an intestinal infection, his office announced last night. The 81-year-old senator from Arizona has been staying at his home state while he's being treated for brain cancer. According to a statement, McCain is in stable condition, recovering from surgery at the Mayo Clinic in Phoenix. A nonprofit called Plant 5 for Life is pledging to plant five trees for every baby born in the month of April. The group is planting the trees as part of a pilot program that aims to turn an old coal mining site into a reforested site at the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden. According to an article in Post-Gazette, for every baby born this month at McGee Women's Hospital, five trees will be given life starting this Saturday, which is Earth Day. They expect to plant 5,000 trees in total. Will that hurt with the... the uh... Or will that help with the slipping roadways? Well, they say that is one of the reasons that the ground becomes so saturated is a lack of tree and yeah. forestation. So hopefully, even it'll though help they're not there. 
they're not planting the trees in all well, the landslide areas, but yeah, that is one of the reasons. Well, maybe they should start thinking about maybe, that. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Koala bears are having a problem with STDs. Chlamydia is ravaging the Australian oh. marsupials with some populations suffering a 100% infection rate. The disease is also easily passed off to baby koalas who are exposed in their mother's pouches. Scientists have tried to use antibiotics, but some fear the treatment may be making it harder for their bodies to process eucalyptus, which is their primary food. Now researchers have identified a previously unknown bacteria they say may be key to fighting back against chlamydia. That's pretty crazy. I thought they just mainly cuddled. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) This is a horrible PR scandal for them. And they've uh, they've been branded they've been pretty heavily. Exposed. It's just very innocent. Meanwhile, they all have the clap. <laughs> <laughs> Are you in the dream job that you had as a kid? Yes. Less than no. well, what's a kid? Like, I mean, yeah, none of us are eight years old. That's different. Astronaut than, fireman, right? Uh, but as a teenager, yeah, definitely. Uh, less than one of an, in ten of us, though, are in our dream job uh, that we had as a kid. About sixty percent still cling to at least a little hope. It might happen one day. The ten most common dream jobs we had as kids, we are not doing as adults. Pro athlete, pretty yeah. pretty pretty small percentage of people who become pro athletes. Yeah, I just I just came to grips with the fact that that ship sailed probably <laughs> twenty years ago. <laughs> uh, musician or singer. Teacher, well, that's that's an attainable, yeah, thing. It's a little you can tougher make to that. become a rock star, or right? A pro athlete, veterinarian, writer, pilot, actor, dancer, doctor, and police officer. Which again, some of those are attainable, some of them not so much. But I have a theory about this. There's a book by a, a modern philosopher. His name is I can't remember his name, but the book is called <laughs> Missing Out. Okay, and it, in, the, in the first chapter, he talks about these parallel lives that we're all living. We have the life that we're currently living, and then we have this imagined life that's kind of running parallel to what like we thought we would do. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's your dream job. Maybe it's just something you always, like a place you would thought you'd be by now kind mm-hmm. of thing. And a lot of people are happier with their Pretend you know, their life. imagined life well, sure. and miserable in their actual life. Your pretend life is never worse. <laughs> right. And you don't, well, because you don't populate it with the negatives of whatever that world would inevitably bring. Yeah. I heard somebody say once, you always think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, but you don't see the dog poop over there in the yard. That's per- that's a perfect way to put it. <laughs> and I think, I think that the healthy thing to do, this is going to sound weird, is you've got to kill off that other life. Yeah, probably a good idea. You know, just so you can be happy and live in this moment and whatever you are doing. And if you don't like it enough, change it. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a gymnast and I never took gymnastics. <laughs> uh, That's great. And That's hilarious. Uh, a race car driver. Wow. When I was little. I could see you doing that. I've never seen you drive, but I, for some reason I could see you just... Ripping up like the back roads from <laughs> Rocky my, Grove to Meadville. My brothers took me to the races all the time, and then we would go go kart racing sometimes. And awesome. So yeah, I wanted to do that. Move over 3D 4DX, a new movie theater concept that is designed to engage all five senses. 
And it is set to open in London this week. The theater features high-tech motion seats and special effects to simulate wind, snow, fog, lightning, water. So you're going to get wet, uh, scents, and more. We have all that right here in Pittsburgh. All you have to do is just drive down any street, and it could be slippery, it could be snowing, it could be raining. The idea is to bring the action on the screen right to your seat. Which, don't they kind of do that in the 4D theater at Kennywood? Yeah, they do. Like your seat jiggles and you can feel some Yeah, they had, I don't know if it's still there, but it was Ice Age and it's this this 4D movie experience. It's pretty awesome. The kids love it. And we, we you know, whenever I took the kids out to LA, we did that Universal Studio. And that was absolutely amazing because all of the rides are these 3D adventures, these mm-hmm. 4D experiences. And the kids were like totally freaked out. You know, we're walking in to the Minions ride and it looks like Gru's house from the outside and they've 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 gone to the full length of just really animating the world even the line you know you're you're seeing you're inside the house and then they feed you into this room and you sit in this you know this uh, this six person cart and and the girls are like this isn't a ride we're in a, a movie theater and then you put the glasses on, mm-hmm. and when the the thing comes on, the the cart shakes and it rises up. And yeah. if water splashes up, like you get hit with water, and yeah, see, I'm okay with like awesome the fog, the lightning, even the smells. I don't want to get wet when I go into a movie. Sorry. No, yeah, a movie. <laughs> Not real into that. No. Coming out with soaking wet pants. Right. Yeah. Like I not definitely either. would not want to go see The Shape of Water <laughs> in that experience. If Roseanne and Will and Grace can come back to TV, then why not Mad About You? A reboot of the hit 90s sitcom just took a big step toward becoming a reality as the show's stars Helen Hunt and Paul Reiser have reportedly signed deals with Sony Pictures Television. Co-creator Danny Jacobson has also signed on, and the show is now being shopped to the networks. Mad About You aired for seven seasons on NBC before its finale in 1999. Paul Reiser's still got it. I don't know if you watch Stranger Things, but he has a, a pretty, oh, yeah. pretty decent bit part in that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, And the Eric Clapton documentary, Life in 12 Bars, will get a home video release along with a soundtrack. The DVD and Blu-ray of the film and the digital and two CD versions of the soundtrack will be out on June 8th with a four LP version on July 20th. The soundtrack has 32 songs with recordings of songs by the Yardbirds, John Mayles, Blues Breakers, Cream, Blind Faith, Derek and the Dominoes, The Beatles, George Harrison, Aretha Franklin, and Muddy Waters, plus Clapton's solo career. Five of the tracks are previously unreleased, including the first ever release of the entire full-length recording of I Shot the Sheriff from the 461 Ocean Boulevard sessions. Windy and cold, snow and rain today. Temperatures only going to be in the upper 30s. It's 32 now at DVE. Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang joining us at 845 this morning and Billy Gardell at 9 o'clock. And uh, I'm Val Porter from uh, the DVE Morning Show, Bill Crawford. And uh, Mike pursued a full sports report coming up at the bottom of the hour. What's this note you wrote me, Joe? I don't know what that means. Oh, that's the title of the book that... Uh, oh, that Bill, Bill was, was talking, talking about. about Missing Out by Adam Phillips. Yeah, Adam Phillips. Thanks, Joe. So if you want to get the book about parallel 
universes. The book kind of sucks, but the first chapter <laughs> is really oh, wow. is really really good. I've read it. I've read the first chapter maybe five ten times <laughs> because I want to kill off that other life. Oh, and I want to take it to the extent that I have a love this a, life a viewing or a funeral for that other life. <laughs> <laughs> well, let because me know so a, I can attend. Yeah, there, I mean, there's. You know, I, I definitely thought I was going to be on the Steelers, and <laughs> obviously I'm I'm not. Um, you know, and and I think I I just think it's really unhealthy that people a, a lot of people probably don't even know they're doing it. But and they live you, their whole life like that. But do you mean like you really, as an adult? I, I'm not saying you in particular, but people as adults still hold on to that. Oh. I'm I'm going to be a superstar athlete and make millions and millions of dollars and that's my parallel life. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't See, think, I think I don't think it's like the childhood thing as much as it is just like an un like a subconscious parallel life that you're living, your 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 imagined life. Mm-hmm. What whatever you thought your marriage would be, wherever you thought you'd live, these kinds of like whatever job you thought you'd have. Yeah, probably a good idea to kill that off. That's what I'm saying. If you're not living that life, so Sal, like I talked to to Sally Wigan, I talked to Bob Pompiani, I've talked to Randy, I've talked to a ton of people that all say like, "Oh yeah, I didn't think I'd be doing this." Really? Like the light, like the job that they're doing, they thought that they, you know, maybe Sally was going to be yeah, she wanted um, she wanted a zoologist or or a sports anchor. Yeah, I don't know. I, I from the time I was like fifteen, I wanted to do this. So, be in radio. Well, then you're living the dream. I guess I am. Yeah, you're in, you're in the one percent. Yeah. So all that coming up this morning. Randy's on vacation. It's the DVE morning show. It's the DVE morning show. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford and uh, Bill. In your dating days, when you went on a date, would you eat hot and spicy food, or think your date should eat hot and spicy food? I I tended to stay away from the hot and <laughs> spicy food just because I I've seen along came Polly and you yes you just you don't know who has IBS. That's the <laughs> that's the <laughs> immediate thing I thought of when I saw this story, but according to a new study out of St. Cloud State University in Minnesota, when a woman orders spicy food on a date, it Oof. makes her see the guy she's with as almost 30% more attractive. Oh. So Hello. you guys, you should encourage your dates to to eat hot and spicy food so cuz then you, it makes you look hotter. But you look hotter and there's but she's not going Gassy. to yeah <laughs> you think she's less attractive <laughs> right but here's the thing too if she orders something sweet it has the opposite effect it makes guys look less attractive hmm researchers say it's because the words we use to describe spicy foods are sexier like hot and spicy and intense so we start uh, associating those words with the person that we're with. How's that ghost pepper treating you? <laughs> oh, God, it's so hot. Can I have a sip of your milk? <laughs> I, I don't have milk. I don't know. I, I, I never, I, li- I, would, I like spicy food. Uh, I do sometimes, but if I was in the dating world, I would yeah. never eat. No. 
It's too hot risky. And, exactly. It's too Especially risky. when you're older. Yeah. Hot. When you're young, you can take that stuff a little better. Because, but. look, I mean, it goes in hot, takes the <laughs> tour, comes out hot. <laughs> takes the tour. And comes out hot. It's you know you you really don't want to that that ruins the uh, the night because that's all I can yeah. think about. Yeah. Uh, today also tax day. Ooh. Did you get your taxes done? Spicy. Uh yes. Hot sexy. Just just got it done. Just I mean, under I, the wire. I mean I slipped it under the door. I don't understand people like Joe Bartnick and Randy were talking last week. I think Randy gets an extension every year. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Why do you do that? I don't know. Like you have months to get it in and get it done. I wanted it done. Unless you owe money. Yeah, right. If you owe money, I can see why you want to put it off. Joe is, you know, an independent contractor and, and, you know, as a comedian, like any club I do throughout the year, they all 1099 me. Yeah. And so I have to, you know, sometimes I have to pay. And um, not sometimes. I mean, I have to pay on those. But right. it's just weighing it against the, the taxes that I do pay from, mm-hmm. from this job. And uh, I don't know. I called my tax guy. And <laughs> that it was just, it was ridiculous. He said, oh, do you want to meet on Wednesday, the 11th? And I said, yeah, sure. So we, we you know, I went to the Starbucks across the street. Yes. <laughs> You did just get it in yeah. under the wire. So then I go I go to meet him, and I'm sitting there for like a half hour. He's not there. And I'm like, I don't want to text him. So I go back into the text, and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just send him a little something. And I see... I'm, wrong I'm, Starbucks? No, wrong day. No. <laughs> like completely wrong Wednesday. I was there the week before. So I was like, okay, that's that's stupid. So then the next Wednesday comes around. I totally forget. Well, wait, that would be tomorrow. No, he the 11th, like whatever oh, okay. the week before right, the, the 11th 4th. was. Yeah, the 4th. So you showed up the 4th. It was supposed to be the 11th. Yeah, and then the actual day, the 11th, I totally forgot. So <laughs> then he texts me, hey, man, I'm sitting at Starbucks. Where are you? Uh, I mean, I was, I was here. I was stuck in, in a meeting here, but, and then I just, I finally got it done and he, you know, crushed it out over the weekend. Yeah, so. I haven't done my own taxes in over 20 years because my cousin owned uh, several H&R blocks. Oh, nice. So I'm like, I just let the pros do it. Yeah. You know, I got an in there. Well, supposedly... She, the, she would hook me up on a Sunday when I could come up from Pittsburgh, but... It's going down to like a one sheet, right? That's what the president says. So we'll find out. It's supposed to be easier for everybody next year. Hmm. But uh, Mike Pursuta is coming up next with sports. Uh, Penguins get ready for game four. That's tomorrow night in Philly. It's the DVE morning show. DVE Sports. I'm Mike Pursuta for DVE Sports, brought to you this hour by Golden Oak Lending. The Maple Leafs, Devils, and Avalanche got back in the game last night in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Toronto beat Boston 4-2 in Toronto, and that's now a 2-1 to one Bruins series lead. The Devils uh, got the home cooking going via a 5-2 win over the Lightning. Tampa Bay still up two games to one. And Colorado took care of Nashville 5-3. to three. The Predators still have a two games to one edge in that series. Uh, San Jose kept the ball rolling, hosting Anaheim and beating the Ducks 8-1. The Sharks have a 3-0 lead in a series for 
the sixth time in their history, but uh, I guarantee you they're not taking anything for granted. Uh, San Jose is one of four NHL teams all time to have blown a 3 nothing <laughs> series lead. That happened in 2014 in the first round against the Kings. That is becoming uh, less of a sure thing wow. in the NHL. Yeah. 3-1, 3-0, it's still doable. I mean, it's crazy that the uh, the Lightning and the Bruins were each respectively only up two games to none and then gave up a game. I mean, it seemed like those series were over. It was Boston in particular looked dominating. Oh my god, I didn't I didn't think the Leafs were going to were going to win one. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you change a venue, you get a chance to reset and uh, boy, they must have been going nuts in Toronto last night. That is a cool place mm-hmm. to be for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, it's a great city in general, but seen the uh, game there? Yeah, I've seen the Penguins play the Leafs in the playoffs there. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, God bless them. They haven't won it all since 1967, but they think <laughs> every year this is the year. Kind of like Cubs fans before the World Series. Mm-hmm. Everybody's pulling for them. Figure if you hang in there long enough, you're going to get rewarded. Uh, three games tonight. Uh, the Caps are at the Blue Jackets, trailing two games to none. The Jets are at the Wild, leading two games to one. And the Golden Knights have a chance to close out the Kings. Vegas is up three games to none. Some great uh, stuff in the uh, D.C. Sports blog on the Washington Post website today. This is our... Doc Emmerich, uh, History Not Prophecy segment, talking about that Washington 2-0 deficit against Columbus. The Capitals Mm -hmm. are the sixth team in NHL history to have lost the first two games of a best-of-seven series at home in overtime. That doesn't happen very often. Mm -hmm. Uh, The five previous teams to have suffered that fate did not come back to win the series. <laughs> that was going to be my question. Yes. In fact, the five uh, previous teams to have suffered that fate did not even get to a Game 7 in those series. Mm. So this is looking bad for the Caps, uh, at least historically speaking. That uh, anticipated Caps-Pens matchup may not come to pass after all. Throw the overtime out of it. Uh, teams that lose the first two games of a best-of-seven series at home have only won the series 19 times in 103 tries. Although Washington has done that once. Uh, the Caps did it in 2009 against uh, John Tortorella's New York Rangers. Caps also lost the first two games at home to the Penguins last year. Not in overtime, but they lost them both. Uh, they wound up forcing a Game 7 in that series. And, of course, we know how that turned out. Uh, Washington is... One and six all time when it has trailed two games to none. I'm voting for maximum devastation. So I'm voting, I'm rooting for Columbus to beat them in game seven because it'll be in their place in overtime. You'd be okay playing Columbus, not Washington? Sure. I mean, Bob's been playing pretty well, but I think the Penguins have got to either goaltender. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I just, you know, there's the Penguins have beaten them both. There's more of mm-hmm. a historical precedent with the Capitals beating the Capitals. Uh, I think Washington is uh, the more skilled team, which uh, would get your attention a little bit. But I think Columbus is harder to play against physically, and that might be uh, mm-hmm. might be better to avoid that for a a long run. Here's what less, happens: less wear and tear. Yep. Here's what happens to a lot of Pens fans. Okay, this is the first series they go, look, 
As long as we beat Philly, I don't care who else we 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 get beat by. I just I we can't lose to Philly. This is the rationalization yes. progression. And then all of a sudden we're playing the Capitals, and they go, "Well, we can't lose to the Capitals." So we got to just beat the Capitals, and then whoever else, and then we're playing the Bruins, and go, no, 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 we we can't lose to a Boston team. Yeah, but Columbus would qualify too, right? Because everybody hates Tortorella. Yeah, they hate Torts, but you know that's a good team with no history. I mean, we've beat them before. It's not like I'm rooting for the Peng- Pens to lose, but I think in terms of the other teams out there. I would have the least problem with them, not not or the, or the Lightning. Not the track record of hatred that right. the other teams have earned over the years. Because the Capitals and the Flyers are all the way at the top, and then Boston just because it's Boston. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah, you don't have to explain that any further. Penguins were probably thinking about this stuff yesterday while they were enjoying an off day at home. Mike Sullivan <laughs> took a little time out to speak with the media via teleconference, and he talked about a couple of his uh, high-profile players, Chris Letang being one of them and Derek Broussard the other. Uh, from what I've seen, I thought Letang was uh, very good in Game 1 against Philadelphia. I thought he was below the line in Game 2. I didn't think he was great in Game 3, but Sullivan uh, thought Letang was subtly effective in that win in Philadelphia on Sunday afternoon. Uh, he said yesterday Chris Letang played the type of game in Game 3 that the Penguins need Crystal Tang to play. We really like his game right now. He's playing a very efficient game. You know, I, I look at his game last night, and he doesn't necessarily jump off the score sheet at, uh, to anyone in particular. But when you drill down into the details of the game and you watch the plays that he makes, the subtle plays that get us out of trouble, uh, his, his ability to defend what he did on the penalty kill, uh, even on the power play up top, just delivering pucks down the net that allowed us an opportunity to, to create that next play to score a goal. I believe it was on, if my memory serves me, on Derek Brassard's goal. So these are all the subtle things that he does to help our team win. I thought last night he had a really, really strong game. And it, and it was one of those games where you know, he really didn't jump out at anyone in particular. He just played a, a real smart, solid, efficient game in every zone for us, and that's what he does for our team. Yeah, I think that would be enough from him. Smart, solid, and efficient in every zone. Doesn't have to be more than that. Nope. But it, it, uh, if it's less than that, that's going to make it harder than it needs to be. As for Broussard, Sullivan uh, declared his Game 3 performance against the Flyers as Broussard's best of the postseason, but not necessarily the best that Broussard is capable of playing. I think he's getting better with every game he's played. You know, he, he's coming off an injury where he hadn't had the opportunity to to get into any sort of a flow. Um, we really liked his game prior to the injury that he had. We thought he was really gaining traction, but uh, since he's come back, we think he we think he's getting better with each game that he plays. Um, and so we're we're certainly pleased with that. I thought the last game last night was his best. Uh, and, and certainly we're, we're hoping he can continue to improve from there. I think he's got more as well, and uh, I think he's trending in the right direction. Penguins are at Philadelphia again on Wednesday for Game 4. Pirates lost to the Rockies 6-2 to last night. Uh, no Josh Harrison in the lineup for the Pirates. He has sustained a fracture to the fifth metacarpal of the left hand, according to a release by the Buccos. That occurred Sunday when Harrison was hit by a pitch 
against the Marlins. Uh, the estimated return to competition is approximately six weeks. Adam Frazier played second last night and led off. It's not actually a bad option. No. Uh, I, I kind of like Frazier as the leadoff guy. It's hard to have him there all the time because you can't play him all the time when everybody's right. healthy. But, uh, you know, for a five- or six-week period, I think they can get by just fine. Uh, the bench is a little weaker, but so be it. Feel bad for Harrison. Yeah. A you know, guy plays his heart out. But, you know, that's what happens when you take a 96-mile-per-hour fastball off the hand. Max Moroff uh, has been recall, recalled excuse me, from AAA Indy. Uh, it's going to be Chad Bettis against Trevor Williams tonight. Williams is 3-0 with a 1.56 ERA. Bettis 2-0 with a 2.04. And then Kyle Freeland against Chad Cool on Wednesday afternoon. Pirates are 4-0-1 in series so far this season. They're going to have to win the next two to stay undefeated in series. And Hey, good chance for some more uh, Bucks and Pucks Wednesday, right? You can blow off uh, your afternoon on Wednesday, go to the game, and then uh, find somewhere to watch the hockey on TV. Nice. Hopefully better. it'll be snowing. Yeah. Nothing like baseball when the 25, 30, 35 degrees. <laughs> crap falling out of the sky. That's your DBE sports. Thanks, Mike. Uh, coming up at 8.45 this morning, Mike Lang and Billy Gardell joining us at 9 o'clock. If you didn't hear me say earlier, he's got a big announcement uh, announcement for us coming up. And uh, we'll talk all kinds of hockey stuff today and at the top of the hour as well. Doctors in China removed something strange from a man who was that was there for a really long time, and I can't understand how it was there so long and why he just left it there. What Very a bizarre. My and, mind is racing. And we are going to talk, Bill, uh, about the My Pillow guy, which you're fascinated oh, yeah. with. Oh, my God. Look, look this is a, a, an American success story and a crazier story than you've ever heard. <laughs> so that's up next. It's the DVE Morning Show. It's the DVE Morning Show. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford. Bill, you uh, do you have one of the my pillows? Is that why you're you're fascinated with this guy? I don't. No, no, not at all. I I'm thinking about getting one, and I'm definitely going to get one after hearing this guy's story. <laughs> I was watching CBS Sunday Morning um, this week, and they had a feature on this guy, and they start telling his story, and I'm like, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. So then I go online, and I'm. I'm reading everything I can get my hands on, and I find this this piece that was done on CNBC about him, and it's done in this tradition. It, like it's a classic American success story. This guy built his own empire. He, he's from Minnesota, Mike Lindell. He uh, he built an empire basically out of his home. He was making the pillows. Wow. And. Um, on the surface, like all his products are made here, and on the surface, it's a it's a great story. Mm -hmm. But then, sounds like it. But then you like the way that they did this story was so insane. Like so, so you know that that uplifting music that they have in in a lot of these American success stories. Like sure. Joe, give me some music so that set Val the mood. Kinda, yeah, set the mood. You know, like it's like oh, yeah. happy, so, some, maybe some slow motion. So I'm watching this piece. <laughs> And this narrator is just like, Mike Lindell tried his hand at everything to make money. Cleaning carpets, raising pigs, running lunch wagons, and occasionally making money counting cards at a casino. And I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, that sounds, one of those things is not well, illegal, like I the think. other 
And then it cuts to him, and he's like, yeah, one time they literally came up to me and threw me out the front window. (laughs) (laughs) It was crazy. And then it goes back to the narrator, and it says, in the 80s, Lindell got into the bar business. And then it cuts back to Lindell, and he goes, probably not the best idea, because I was an addict at the time. Pretty... (laughs) Pretty hardcore cocaine. Wow. I'm like, well, what? So Not a good go, atmosphere. Then it goes back to the narrator. His pillows aren't stuffed with cocaine, are they? <laughs> I don't think so. No, he would have done them all. They'd be totally flat <laughs> pillows no by the pillow time they got flat. to your house. So then it goes back to the narrator. and She says, Mike Lindell continued to work, but always had a hard time sleeping and never liked any pillow he bought. With no irony, not mentioning the fact that if you do a lot of cocaine, you probably don't sleep a lot. Okay, so this guy at this time is working at a bar. Necessity is the mother of invention, Bill. No question. But at the time, he's working at a bar and doing enough booger sugar to kill a horse. Okay, so then the narrator says, And then in 2004, he dreamt of a pillow that would hold its shape. And I was thinking, like, all right, I, I guess because year? cokeheads, 2004. Okay. So then I started thinking, okay, I guess because cokeheads are probably pretty tough on pillows, you know? <laughs> they chew on them They're a lot. They're flipping maybe, them a lot. Know. Yeah, chewing the corners, <laughs> thrashing around, probably grounding, pounding it to get rid of some of that energy <laughs> after doing coke all night. And then one of the scarier parts of the piece comes up, and the segment kind of takes a shift and a turn when he goes so one day i'm just kind of i had this eureka moment and uh my daughter comes into the room and i'm like oh no my god this guy has kids (laughs) this whole time i'm imagining like this maniac crazy single who's isolated in his room wearing like a lacrosse helmet and galoshes (laughs) like just tinkering with things and coming up with inventions and uh and then sure this guy wasn't on meth I swear to I God. Mean, hey, just listen to the, the. It's not over. This this is just crazy. So then he then he says, you know, my my daughter told me I was just like kind of weird and crazy, and I'm like, yeah, and on cocaine. And then he says he goes down to Bed Bath and Beyond. Okay, okay. I, and, I can see that. And if he's, he's like, looking for a pillow. I have the greatest pillow. And all I could think of was like, he just goes down there all coked up, <laughs> no appointment, no meeting. <laughs> Probably no wrapping, just with a like a bare pillow. And he's like, how many do you want? Do you guys have any chew toys? My jaw's on fire right now. So then it, so then it goes back to the narrator, and she's like, borrowing money from his ex-bookie, he set up his oh own kiosk God. in the mall. I'm like, oh my, how is this still happening? His ex-bookie? Borrowing money from a loan shark, he took out a marker... <laughs> An old friend who laundered money in the neighborhood <laughs> lent him the money to start a kiosk in the mall. So then it, it So it, basically it, when you're buying a my pillow, you're buying from a criminal. <laughs> is what you're saying. It, yes. Yes. This is a funding okay. a criminal venture. So then the narrator says one of his customers at the kiosk turned out to run a large home show and he was invited to debut his pillow at the show and sales took off. Look at that. So now we're, it, it seems like we're going to be on the up and up. Nope. <laughs> Cuts right to Lindell. And he goes, that's when I got into crack cocaine. Oh, my God. I swear to God. 
Then well, he's, he loses you know. his house, his marriage, everything. The narrator, one night in 2008, after being up for more than two weeks straight on crack, Lindell's dealer put out a word on the street that no one should sell him drugs until he slept. Uh. Just think about that for a second. You're doing so much crack that a drug dealer stages an intervention. That's a lot of drugs. You're in bad shape, buddy. So then he sneaks out, goes to downtown you know, wherever he's from, some small town in Minnesota, and he's trying to buy $5 a crack with $100, and no one will sell to him because he's in that bad of shape. Wow. He's trying to hide his How huge mustache, and I, I don't know. I How guess he's he chewing on die? a pillow. I don't know. So then this all happened before the commercials, like before any the of first his success. Segment. Oh, I thought you meant. No, this. <laughs> before the first commercial <laughs> no, of the piece. No, this segment's only like six minutes. It wasn't a huge, like, it wasn't a documentary, which I don't, I don't know how it isn't. But basically, after that, like, you know, now he's a success and he's had to deal with some some lawsuits and he lost his accreditation with the Better Business Bureau and that kind what, of stuff. What happened there? Was he, he was not running his bills? He, he was he was um there was some false advertising claims because he had this a, helps all <laughs> crack users kick the habit. He had a he was offering like a BOGO deal, but he offered it so long that it, it wasn't actually a deal. That was just the price oh. of the pillow. The pillow. Okay. And so, you know, he's had to battle some lawsuits, but I'm well, like, I mean, you know, at he's the end a of the day, past. this guy can handle any lawsuits. He's been up for two weeks straight on crack. <laughs> so that is the story of the My Pillow guy, which is just, it, I mean, it blew my mind. It's the craziest story I've ever heard. Anybody with a My Pillow might be looking differently at their My Pillow now. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, did, could you even imagine that that was going to be the story Not I told you all. today? None. Not at all. Right. You think, oh, yeah, there's my pillow. A guy has a, a Dave Wanstat mustache. Go and that's head, yeah, He's probably head. a little quirky. No, no. Full-blown drug addict who started his company with well, money from his ex-bookie. Look, he can thank his cocaine habit for that, I guess. Yeah. I just, it's crazy to me that a that a cokehead would end up selling pillows. <laughs> it doesn't seem to go together. They don't sleep great. No. Those cokeheads. But, uh, Hence yeah, that's, the need for a great pillow. Maybe that, he thought that would do the trick. That's, that's don't, don't the amazing. Don't lay off the cocaine. Right. <laughs> Get a better pillow. That's the amazing American success story of Mike Lindell. <laughs> uh, well, inspiring. So, yes, it is inspiring. Uh <laughs> Penguins playing the Flyers in Game 4 in Philadelphia tomorrow. Mike Lang going to be joining us at 845. Billy Gardell at 9 o'clock. He has some news for us that you'll you'll really like to hear. And uh, I've got news coming up next. It's the DVE Morning Show. It's 32 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by BobbyRayHall.com. Seven inmates are dead and at least 17 injured after a riot broke out inside a maximum security prison in South Carolina yesterday. The fighting at Lee Correctional Institution broke out around 7.15 Sunday night and continued for several hours before officials were finally able to secure the facility. No officers were injured. The Lee Correctional Institution houses South Carolina's most violent offenders. Sean Hannity says he doesn't 
doesn't understand why the revelation he was a client of President Trump's personal attorney is such a big deal. Michael Cohen's attorney in open court yesterday said the Fox News host is the client Cohen mentioned in previous court filings. Cohen argued the revelation involving Hannity would be embarrassing. On his syndicated radio show yesterday, Hannity added that he never paid Cohen and their conversations never involved a third party. Cohen's three clients include Hannity, President Trump, and Republican fundraiser Elliot Broidy. Last week, it was revealed Cohen arranged a $1.6 million settlement to squash an affair that involved Broidy and a pregnant uh, Playboy playmate. He got pregnant. And there was a like an abortion involved, wasn't there? I don't know if she ended up having an abortion or not. But. Yeah, she did. Mount Lebanon police say they have identified the naked man who fell 50 feet from a church roof last week, but they're not publicly releasing his name. Uh, Investigators say the man underwent surgery at Mercy after the Thursday evening fall from Bower Hill Community Church's roof, but they didn't provide an update on his condition. Police were called when uh, someone reported a naked man running through the area. He was listed in critical condition last week. PennDOT officials say they are close to starting a big improvement project that will make one of Pittsburgh's uh, most dangerous roads significantly safer. Representatives say the East Carson Street project will stretch from 33rd Street to the Smithfield Street Bridge, featuring curb bump outs, new ramps, and paving. Officials say some other spots will get new lights, raised medians, and more functional pedestrian crosswalks. PennDOT reps say East Carson Street is the second highest pedestrian crash area in the region. Work is expected to last into next year. Should people get bereavement time when a pet dies? Well, according to Harris Poll, not surprisingly, probably 90% of pet owners say they see their pet as part of the family. And another another survey found that about 30% of pet owners felt grief and sadness for six months or more after the death of their pet. Because of that, so-called paternity leave benefits are gaining in popularity all over. What do you think? I think, uh, yeah, a couple days. Oh, I would totally take a day off. Yeah. When my dogs die, yeah, my my uh, my sister and my brother in law lost their dog earlier this year, and it was just devastating. Yeah, dog is like a family member. Absolutely, yep. Not uh, not looking forward to that day at all. Uh, what is the hottest new plastic surgery procedure? What do you think it might be? Now this is a new one. The, a new one. A new one. Uh, butt implants. Uh no. Cankle reduction. <laughs> what? How is that a thing? How can uh, you reduce your cankles? Well, they're having the fats. People are having the fats sucked right out of their cankles. Nice. Which, wouldn't you have to reshape the whole leg? I mean, yeah. that would look weird. Because uh, now it's kind of like, yeah, you're, you're, you're redoing the foundation. Yeah. Now all the siding's going to look stupid. Because most people with cankles, I don't think, have otherwise hot legs. Right. It's not like, <laughs> oh, my God, everywhere I look as toned and as trim as I want to be, except for my ankles. <laughs> uh, the procedure reportedly costs an average of $5,500. That is way too much. <laughs> but I can't, listen, I can't judge anyone because we all have things. We've talked about it. Yeah. You would get your feet redone. I would get totally new feet if I <laughs> Just could. New feet. Just cut these off and give me new feet. You get it. Maybe if they're having like a foot transplant BOGO deal. Sure. Where you but you know, buy one, get one kind of thing. That way I could wear normal shoes. Yeah. I I'm would there. love that. I'd like to have all of like or just a couple of my toes broken and reset. <laughs> because you could probably do that. I've got a witch's hand situation going on. <laughs> and um 
And I wouldn't mind having my uh, forehead bone shaved down a bit. What? <laughs> to reduce some of my forehead. My, I feel like... The, I've never, ever noticed that. Really? Never. Okay. Well, this is just, you know, the, everybody has their own stupid, you know, insecurities. That, yeah, right. Whenever I was at Risenstein, I'll never forget <laughs> this. This teacher, his name was Mr. Murray, came in, and he told me that my forehead looked like a butt. And... <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought that. It was either. like sixth grade, and I it look, destroyed me. I look right at you every day. I've never noticed either one of those things. He was like, "Do you wipe with Kleenex?" And I was like, "I just that that guy ruined me." What a horrible teacher! Yeah, yeah, total scumbag. How old were you? Uh, how old are you in sixth grade? Oh, sixth grade. I thought you. I 12? wasn't sure if you said six or sixth grade. Yeah, like twelve, thirteen, probably. Yeah. Just Aww. in my you know formative years. <laughs> Trying to figure out how not to get stabbed at school. <laughs> now I got to worry about my forehead looking like a pair of butt cheeks. Maybe he was just trying to lighten the mood a little. <laughs> no, he was definitely trying. I mean, he was what they call clowning in public school. He, oh, was, he was clowning me. That's what they call and it. And everybody was laughing. And it was Aww. like, I want to kill you. Uh, so doc- anyways, <laughs> long story short. You want your butt forehead fixed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your butt head. Oh, yeah. Uh, doctors in China say they removed a lighter from a man's stomach after 20 years. A video recorded at a hospital in Chengdu City shows a camera entering the man's stomach to find the metal lighter. The man told doctors he accidentally swallowed it 20 years ago, but he didn't go to the doc. 20 years ago? 20 years? First off, how do you accidentally swallow a lighter? Yeah, that's never happened, and I smoked for a long time. That's like, I accidentally swallowed gum. Okay, right. that you oh, can see. Cool. A lighter. What'd you do? I I ate a Zippo <laughs> by accident. So 20 years ago, he, he swallowed this lighter, but he didn't go to the doctor until recently when he started having stomach aches and other medical problems, which... How did it take I, th- that this long? This is absurd. To develop problems from it. To 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 ingest a lighter is one thing. To sit on that for 20 years, you know you just swallowed a lighter. <laughs> Doctors had to conduct two surgeries to get it out. It's just crazy. <laughs> Mariah Carey's former manager is accusing her of sexual harassment. Stella Bolochnikov is alleging Carey walked around naked and did quote-unquote sexual things around her while she worked for her. She also claims Carey has a substance abuse problem and does not take her medication for bipolar disorder, which she just revealed she's been battling since 2001. She's currently preparing a lawsuit against Carey, saying she fired her in the middle of her three-year contract and owes her money. Finally, former Black Crows frontman Chris Robinson is set to launch a tour with his new band, As the Crow Flies, and he's going to be revisiting some old songs, which he's ripped his brother for doing. Uh, in a recent interview, Robinson said it's been at least five years since he's sung any Crows favorites like Jealous Again or She Talks to Angels, but that's changing. He says he's ready to revisit Black Crows tunes during his new band's tour, which is underway and wraps up May 13th in Portland, Oregon. Robinson was inspired in part to sing the Crows songs again by his 14-year-old son, who recently reminded that, hey, you wrote all those songs, you should be singing them. So that was his inspiration for this new band and new tour. Windy and cold snow and rain today. Temperatures only going to be in the upper 30s. So we're back to winter. It's 32 (laughs) degrees now at DVE. 
I'm Val Porter with uh, Bill Crawford, Mike Pursuta coming up with sports at the bottom of the hour. Mike Lang joining us at 845 and Billy Gardell at 9 o'clock. It's the DVE Morning Show. DVE Sports. I'm Mike Pursuta for DVE Sports. As it turns out, the Bruins, Lightning, and Predators are not invincible in the 2018 NHL postseason. The San Jose Sharks... Still might be. <laughs> Stay tuned on San Jose. But uh, Toronto got uh, back to within two games to one on Boston with a 4-2 win in Toronto last night. The Devils uh, cut that two games to none deficit against Tampa in half with a 5-2 win last night at home. And uh, the Avalanche win 5-3 to over the Predators. That's still a two games to one Nashville lead. San Jose hammered Anaheim 8-1. to The Sharks are up three games to none. Wow. Yeah, that series is, I mean, the Ducks look like they're toast. They look like it, although San Jose has blown a three games to none lead before that happened in the 2014 first round against the LA Kings. It's happened four times in NHL history. Teams that uh, grab a three games to none lead in a best of seven are 184 and four all time. That's a success rate of 97.9% tonight. It's the Caps at the Blue Jackets trailing two games to none. The Wild hosting the Jets trailing two games to one. And the Golden Knights in position to finish off the Kings. Vegas up three games to none on L.A. I'll be tuning into that one. Watching the flower. Boy, that Vegas team continues to be a phenomenal story. And Flurry's right at the center of it all. I yes, love it. Yes, he is. No question about it. He's standing on his head in this series. Penguins uh, had the day off yesterday. Uh, they'll practice today and then head back to Philadelphia. Uh, Mike Sullivan held a teleconference yesterday uh, to update the media on what's going on with his team. And one of the things that was discussed was uh, not just the Penguins' two games to one advantage in the series, but the advantage of getting the play on Sunday afternoon and then flying home after the game. Penguins get to spend a couple of days at home between games three and four instead of having to stay in Philadelphia between games three and four. What a blessing. <laughs> really is. Well, we just thought it made sense. It's a, it's a really short trip from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh. It gives our guys to have an opportunity to have a day off and spend some time with their families. Uh, we get to practice in our, our own practice facility, which I think our players have a, have a comfort level uh, practicing in with, uh, with all of the resources that we have here. So we just thought it made sense. And, uh, you know, I, I think our players are comfortable here. And so um, for all those reasons, we chose to come back. It, it gives our guys an opportunity to, to get some rest. Um, the coaches will break the film down. We'll see what we can learn from, from our, uh, you know, from our last game. And then we'll, we'll, we'll show it to our team. And then we'll move by it and get ready for the next one. Yeah, everybody's already probably seen the Liberty Bell. They've been to the uh, the Rocky statue. There's no need to stick around. Probably, you know. Although, you know, you're passing on some good Pat Stakes opportunities. But they had Geno's on the game the other night. Look like at Mike. A... He just he just looked at you like <laughs> I'm not. I've never had you either. Committed an atrocity. I'm not saying. You know, I'm just telling you that's the one they showed on the game. Well, they showed the wrong one then. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Pat's guy. Said it before. I'll not say even it again. necessarily voluntarily. You were you ordered me 
It says King of Steaks right on the sign. <laughs> I, they can't make it any more clear for you. That's uh, That doesn't come up much, but I, I think that's an edge for the Penguins. You know, usually you play a night game and you have a day off and then you play another night game. Sure. Uh, we'll see uh, whether or not it was uh, truly a blessing as Val has decreed it <laughs> on Wednesday. But uh, they got it. Particularly if you're if you're planning on a long run, as the Penguins no doubt are, the less time on the road, the better, right? For uh, sure. Uh, this has got to be uh, rejuvenating. And I think this is their longest stretch they've had in between games on the road in the playoffs since for at least five years, right? Uh, I know it doesn't come up very often. Yeah, this is uh, this is a rarity. So take advantage of it. Uh, they might need uh, a little bit of rest and uh, rehab, too, given all the shots that the Penguins have been blocking in the first three games of this series. 45 of them so far, including 41 in the two games that the Penguins have won. Mike Sullivan addressed that yesterday as well. It's not that uh, the Penguins are out there trying to block shots, but they are more than willing and able to do so when necessary. No, I, I just think it's a commitment on our part. I think it's a commitment on our players' part to uh, to do the little things that add up to big things that help teams win. And uh, if we're going to be a good defensive team and have the ability to keep the puck out of our net, shot blocking is a part of it. Uh, you know, having said that, we don't want to just line up and 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 block shots. Ideally, we, we're anticipating and we're jumping on pucks and we're we're not allowing opportunities for our opponents to uh, to to get deliver pucks to our net or, or get those one timers where we're forced to have to block the shots. But there are there are times in a game where the shot block is necessary. And uh, you know that I've always been a believer that the, the hardest area in the rink to defend is that scoring area in front of your net. And and when pucks get to that area of the rink, it it creates opportunity for uh, the offensive team. So the more we can deny those pucks getting to our net, the better chance we have of keeping out of it our net. And I think our players have simply just made a commitment to making sure that we deny those opportunities as best we can, and shot blocking is a part of it. Yeah, it's time now that uh, that risk reward mm-hmm. equation, and there is risk. You know, guys, sure, you, you can break a foot doing that. But as Mike Sullivan explained in such great detail, by the way, that was a one minute and nine seconds on shot blocking from the head coach <laughs> yesterday. Love it when he gets uh, that engaged. Uh, you know, if the puck doesn't get to your net, it's not going to go in because your goalie was screened. It's not going to get tipped past your goalie. There's not going to be a rebound and a scramble play where they might put it in. You block it out high, and it's not going to go in. And that's not going to be the goal that maybe ends up being the one that turns a game or turns a series. So it's it's well worth uh, – the reward is worth the risk, but there is risk. And uh, the Penguins uh, have assumed that, and uh, – They've assumed it willingly in the first three games. Game four is Wednesday night. Pirates lose to the Rockies 6-2 to two at PNC Park. Last night they've got another one with Colorado tonight. Chad Bettis against Trevor Williams. The Bucks beginning uh, life for the next extended stretch without Josh Harrison. Uh, the Pirates announced yesterday he sustained a fracture to the fifth metacarpal of his left hand. He got hit by a pitch on Sunday against the Marlins. Max Moroff has been called up from AAA Indianapolis and uh, the Steelers reacting yesterday to uh, James Harrison's post yesterday morning on Instagram that he is retiring for the second and Harrison says the final time uh, Steelers president Art Rooney II issued a statement Monday night quote 
Thank you, James, for all of your contributions to Steelers football throughout your career. Best of luck with your family in retirement. Some of the players chiming in on social media as well. Uh, Vince Williams tweeting, quote, salute to a legend and a friend. Only thing left is the HOF. That would be Hall of Fame. And uh, Ryan Chazier had an Instagram post that read, quote, the game is losing a legend. I want to truly thank this guy for everything he taught me. He has been a huge influence in my life and my game. Sad to see him go, but, man, he had a great career. Probably not going to get the same uh, send-off from Bud Dupree. Bud Does Dup- he even yeah. play anymore? Bud Dupree kind of trashed him. That might, say more about, that might say more about Bud Dupree than it does James Harrison. Yeah. I think, I think fans will remember Harrison's contributions just a little bit more. Than what Dupree has put on tape. Yeah, it didn't. You know, it didn't end well. What does? When you think about it, other than Jerome Bettis's career, I don't yeah. know. Very. It, what? What in life ends well? Mm. One of the greatest oxymorons we've come up with is certain amic- massages. Amicable divorce. No, when you think yeah, about it. Conscious I mean, uncoupling. If, if something ends well, you're really lucky. It's really rare. Uh, Harrison's career here did not end well. I get why the fans were livid with the way that all played out. But, you know, look at the body of work. And you'll always have Tampa. We will. Lombardi trophies are like kids. Even after a divorce, <laughs> still got the kids. One of the best, for sure. That's your DV that Sports. Thanks, Mike. Joining us when we come back, Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang. It's the DVE Morning Show. It's the DVE Morning Show. Joining us now, uh, always feels like a nice warm hug when we have you mm-hmm. on. Mike Lang, Hockey Hall of Famer. Good morning, Mike. Oh, I love those yeah. hugs, Val. I love the hugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are you this morning? We're doing pretty good. Yeah, we good. thought we'd come back to Pittsburgh, where it's uh, you know warm and sunny, oh, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Lovely, <laughs> lovely April in Alaska weather. Oh my goodness! So, uh, someday, just someday, it'll get a little better. It yeah. will. So when you're in uh, Philly and you start to hear the Crosby sucks chants. Does it piss you off, or are you just like, ha, 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 you're just sad because we have him and you don't? <laughs> well, I'd be very frank uh, and honest about it. I don't hear too much of it because uh, I, the sound is uh, that that is in my headsets is uh, a little different than what maybe the average person in a building would be hearing. So uh, it's kind of negated, and uh, I just kind of work through it. I am aware occasionally uh, on a stoppage of play when the sound is down a little bit, but uh, nothing that, uh, that that drowns me out in any way. So mm-hmm. I I can't be honest with you and tell you that I hear it all the time because I really don't. Got a little unusual dynamic in this series, Mikey, in that you guys got to come home after the game Sunday, and the next game's not till tomorrow. How big an edge is that for the Penguins? Do you? Suspect? No, I don't know if it's an edge. It's uh, it's you know, and you were right, Mikey. We're talking about uh, we, we, they pretty much structured them if they could every other day, but now with the use of the buildings and, and uh, events that are in and television so involved, uh, they've kind of spread them out for, uh, you know, a number, uh, not maybe once every series you're probably going to have a, a three-day uh, span. So it's become more commonplace, and it's become kind of more commonplace for teams to go home. Uh, and the reason being, a lot, uh, some of the times, is that uh, 
first of all, you, you got to get a practice rink to be able to do it, uh, to be able to have facilities, and that's always kind of a mess and and trying to put that together. And uh, and so I, I just think it's they, they felt comfortable doing it, particularly that it was an afternoon game, Mike. It wasn't going to be a late arrival in Pittsburgh, so they got even a better chance to kind of get back to their home and, and their families and, and uh, take a day off. They'll have a real strong practice today. Uh, that's normal for Mike Sullivan. And uh, tune them up and get ready, and then uh, leave this afternoon, which is a short flight. So that's another factor. I mean, it's a it's a forty five minute flight, uh, you know, to get back and forth. So, oh, I, I think it's the wise thing to do, and uh, and that's what they'll probably uh, do in other things. And one thing, the other thing they've been doing uh, the last couple of years, and I know this won't change now because they've won uh, the cup, is they've been staying over uh, in cities uh, after games uh, with a little bit of. Uh, length to them and then coming home after the game uh, the next day so that's uh, was kind of put into place by the uh, Cleveland um, team in the NBA and everybody kind of followed suit and said after they won and uh, yeah that must be the right way to do it so we've we've seen kind of a change in that in that part of the travel <laughs> schedule so it's the staying over not LeBron James or Sidney Crosby that's <laughs> making the difference yeah they just want a little more rest where they were. I don't know. <laughs> what have you seen through three games, Mikey? What uh, what do you like about the Penguins game, and what do you uh, suspect they need to tighten up a little bit? Well, I don't know. Uh, at this point, I like a lot of things about the Penguins game. I think they've played pretty consistent hockey for all three games. Uh, you know, they've they've gone back to where they were to winning cups. I, I think they really kind of have played like uh, champions. They're doing all the little things that you need to do to win games. Uh, they're they're second in the league right now, Mike, in goals against, uh, and their you know their shots are way down. They've got the second best mark there. Winnipeg's the only team with uh, having allowing fewer shots, and they've they've kind of uh, you know played Penguin hockey, and I, and I think that's impressive. And for Philadelphia, they're going to have to get some things going because they, they the matchups are are hurting them. They they just can't compete with the Penguins down the center of the ice. Uh, from the goaltender on out, and that's been kind of the difference in the series. Plus, the power play has come alive, and the Pens, when they've got that opportunity, are, are tough to beat. But we've played three games, and we still have some time to go. And, you know, you have Claude Giroux, Wade Simmons, Jake Voracek, who are all great players, haven't scored a goal yet in this series. Hmm. So uh, these are these are guys that, you know, you hope you can keep, uh, keep the lid on them. But uh, if, if they can do that in, in some way and limit them, uh, they're going to be in pretty good stead, I think, to possibly win this series. Mike, uh, Derek Broussard during the regular season really started to seem like he was meshing well with the team, and then he gets hurt. Uh, Coach Sullivan said that Sunday he thought was his best game since he came back. He's got the nickname Big Game Brass because uh, mm-hmm. he produces so well in the playoffs. What does he bring to the team that's going to help the Penguins in their quest for a three-peat? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, here, Here's one of the, the – I don't know if it's a problem – but it's a luxury to have. Uh, you know, look who's ahead of him in the, in the role at center ice. So from being a one or second guy, you know, he's going to have to kind of move into that third position. I wouldn't be surprised before the playoffs are all over that Broussard at times maybe moves to a wing uh, uh, occasionally. Uh, but he does. He brings a lot of uh, a speed. He brings a lot of in- intensity. And, uh, yes, he is. I mean, he's a, he's a big-time player. So... I see his role, uh, you know, probably much more limited than what he's used to just because of the guys that are in front of him. But I, I see him being an important cog because, you know, one depth is, a, is such a valued uh, commodity in, uh, in, in playoff 
play because you can have people go down in a hurry and, and be out for some time. So he's a he, he's a little insurance policy to have. Plus, he's a pretty darn good player, and he makes it tough with that line. I mean, working even even for any coach to say Derek Broussard's on the third line, <laughs> it, you got to just think about that for a minute. You go now, what am I going to put out against this guy? Mm-hmm. So that that's the advantage, and uh, and and hopefully for him, he's he's somewhat healthy here and and uh, can make a mark before this is all done. That kind of leads into my question. You know, M- Mike Sullivan is a bit of a mad scientist when it comes to line combinations and making changes on the fly. One of the pairings that, that I really like is when whenever Hornquist plays with Crosby just because he provide, you know he creates so much ice for Sid to do what Sid does. He goes to the dirty areas. Um, wh- wh- what pairings do you think will carry over into uh, to game four? Well, I don't necessarily think that, uh, I mean, the Penguins have had some pretty steady, uh, you know, somewhat uh, steady lines. But I think one of the things that uh, that even I may be overlooked is, is how Mike Sullivan approaches this game. Uh, I think a lot of times uh, the changes that he makes are by design, uh, are by design to see a reaction from the other coach of what he's going to do. And uh, because he is, he's, he's done this, and this is something new for him changing people up, putting a Hornquist on a, on a line halfway through a period and then moving people down. But, it, again, you have to think on the other side, what are those coaches thinking? You know, So how am I got a defenseman here that I want to work against Hornquist, or, or do I have somebody in particular? So it kind of messes up uh, the thinking. And, and I, I was kind of touted that a little bit by Sean Couturier uh, late in the season of the uh, uh, last regular season game. I saw an article, and he just had a quote about, we prepare uh, for the Penguins. Uh, we've seen video on them. We, we we study them. We know all their things. And if you think about it, they're geared in from their game plan to what the Penguins, what they think they're going to have. And all of a sudden, it's a different animal. And, mm-hmm. and I think that throws the other teams off at times. And the Penguins have such good personnel that it makes it awfully difficult for teams to be able to, to cover all the top players. And, and so it's... It's a smart move, I think, at times by Mike Sullivan. In fact, I like it a lot. You know, it's interesting you bring that up, uh, the, the gamesmanship angle to it, because they mentioned on the TV broadcast Sunday that the Penguins did not warm up the way they started the game. What do you with, mean what? With the uh, Hornquist with Cross? Oh, no, 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 no. They didn't know. That's, uh, no, man, that usually they don't. Um, you know, I mean... It, and Philly didn't, uh, you know, teams do that, Mike. Uh, you know, that's a deceptive move sometimes. But Penguins pretty much will start with what they have from their warm-ups. Uh, uh, but, but they are, they're a team that's going to change quickly. And the other thing we didn't talk about is Mike Sullivan's ability, to me, without question, to read what his players are, are capable of very early on in a game. I mean, he's amazing. Uh, and that prompts a lot of the, the changes that he makes quickly. Uh, to do that, but yeah, I mean, I take the warm-ups. They're during the regular season; they're pretty much uh, dead on on what teams are going to do. Even the playoffs do. But the, you, the Penguins are probably a team that changes more than most teams do. Mike Lang, Hockey Hall of Famer, appreciate you joining us this morning. Always love having you on. Where's Beavis? He's on vacation <laughs> this week. <laughs> 
Is he on vacation? He needs a he needed a breather. He needed to get yeah. away from us. So butthead had, to, butthead had to take over. <laughs> <laughs> Is that me? <laughs> I appreciate you know, it. Like... I was listening there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thanks I feel for... your I feel your pain. I feel your pain, Crope. <laughs> Thanks so Thank much, you, Mike. Uh, we will uh, talk to you next week. Hopefully, the Penguins will uh, wrap up this series against the Flyers Friday. That will be awesome. (laughs) Oh, I like that. That's very good. All right, Val, we'll count on it. All right, take it easy. (laughs) All right, see you, Mikey. See you, Mike. Billy Gardell joining us in the 9 o'clock hour. He has an announcement, some news that you'll want to hear. He's on the way. It's the DBE Morning Show. What are the ones that are well, attacking? What are attacking people out in California, like uh, in the hills? Mountain, mountain lions. lions. Those are different. I totally think, I different. think a little bigger. Yeah, I don't think you. I think mountain lion. Maybe you don't have such pumas. a good shot. Pumas. They got pumas out there. Isn't that what a mountain lion is? A mountain lion and a cougar the same thing? No. No. I've been attacked by a cougar. What? At Holahans, <laughs> out by the mall. <laughs> Yeah, didn't see her coming. Cadillac Ranch, still got a scar. <laughs> she jumped off of uh, Rock Jungle. <laughs> Landed right on my neck. Right on my head. <laughs> I tossed her around. But boy, did she leave some marks. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's the DVE Morning Show joining us live from Los Angeles, California, as he does every Tuesday in the 9 o'clock hour. Billy Gardell, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Hi. Hi. Yeah, how about him? Yeah, that game, too, looked like a little bit of indigestion, but we got right mm-hmm. back on track, and I'm it, happy about that. It was our mulligan. Yep. Yes, yes, let's hope. Got it let's out hope. of the way. Let's get rid of all these orange jerseys. Enough is enough. <laughs> all these creamsicles, Bill. All yeah, these jags. Why don't, you, why don't you pack that up and get lost? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, you guys? Ah, just, you know, much, it's man. winter again. You know, uh, snowing. snowing yeah, today. I saw, <laughs> saw the temperature and got some uh, some angry tw- texts sent to me from some Pittsburghers this morning. It was in the 80s Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Brutal. And now it's snowing, right? Now it's snowing. snowing. Yep. Literally lovely. this minute, yes. it's snowing. Oh, my That's God. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, it was and it's, it was raining in the subways down in New York as well. And New York, I think, did the same thing. So I was talking to my buddy Lou from Mike and Molly. <laughs> it's Billy, it's crazy. I was in my shorts yesterday. Now I can't go out. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a pretty good assessment. Yeah. Let's do uh, some news here. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It's 33 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Billy Gardell has a big announcement. Do you want to do it now or wait till we get through the news? Sure, yes, yes. I'm very excited to say that uh, Saturday, November 17th, I will be performing live at the Benetton Center downtown. Nice. Awesome. Oh, that's a big stage, Bob. Very happy to come. I want, well, you know, the last concerts I did were out in Monroeville because I grew up in Swissville. I wanted to do something on that side of the town. But mm-hmm. uh, I haven't been downtown since I shot my special, so I'm excited to be coming home, doing a live concert. got a special guest coming with me to open the show, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. The tickets go Fantastic. on sale Friday at 10 a.m. at www.trustarts.org. 
or you can call 412-456-6666 or WDVE.com. We'll have uh, information. It's produced by Drusky Entertainment and DVE. And then Thursday, from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., there's a pre-sale. So you can get in there early and get your tickets, and the password is Yinzer. <laughs> nice. Y-I-N-Z-E-R, for those of you who might not absolutely know that. Uh-huh. And, and we'll, we'll post all the information on DVE. I'll be live at the Benetton November 17th. I cannot wait to oh, be there. Oh, yeah, yeah, same me either, here. Bill. Can't wait. Awesome. Are, are, is there a... It should, it should be about 95 degrees. It's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think that the Steelers schedule comes out today, so we should know if there's going to be a game that weekend that we can hit too. Yeah, well, that's what I'm time. saying. See, I like to announce on the same day as this, my schedule comes out with their schedule. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that works. I'm very excited to be coming home. I'm probably going to come home all week and just uh, just be in the Berg all week that week. It's a awesome. week before Thanksgiving. It's going to be nice. It's going to oh. roll right into the holidays. Oh, that's perfect. I perfect. like that you're going to be downtown, Bill. Now, I look, I'm from the East, so I enjoyed going out to the uh, the convention center, the old Wicks warehouse. Uh, yeah. But but that was kind of like north of the wall. You know what I mean? It's Yeah, we went north of the wall for a little while, and, <laughs> and I had to do that. You know, I wanted to do that because that was the area I grew up in. That's and, our people. Uh, yeah, and so now I, I want to come downtown and uh, and uh, get in the middle of the city, and I'm excited, man. That's good, good. People can make like a weekend out of it. Yeah, it's going to be Stay nice. Downtown. Like yeah, I said, we, awesome. you hit my show Saturday, we do the Steelers on Sunday, and then a week later we're eating bird. <laughs> it's all yes. good. Well, real estate mogul Robert Durst will be back in a Los Angeles court today for a hearing that will determine if there's enough evidence for him to stand trial in a 2000 murder. Prosecutors say Durst is responsible for shooting his longtime friend Susan Berman execution style because she was about to be questioned in the 1982 disappearance of his wife, Catherine. Hmm. Durst was the subject of an HBO documentary, The Jinx. Did you see it, Billy? I did not. I saw uh, snippets uh, of it. That was one of those ones I never got to sit and watch the whole thing. Oh, Bill, you got to see it. It's, it's so good. It is pretty good. This guy is an unbelievable weirdo. How about how it starts? It starts with him in, like, Houston or His something. His first murder. Yeah, when he's he's dressed as a woman. He's cross-dressing in some, like, little shack, and he killed his neighbor and dismembered the body, and somehow through... You know, good lawyers because he's he's got so much money. He was able to get. Uh, he 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 claims self defense, but he got in trouble for dismemberment of a body. But wasn't wow. he totally acquitted? Unbelievable! Yes. Well, during the final episode of the miniseries, uh, he can be heard saying, "What the hell did I do? I killed them I all, of course." Jeez. So if you it's get the so, opera, I know you're busy, so but good. it's it's a really good documentary. It's uh, a little creepy. Today is tax day, which means you've got until midnight tonight to get everything together and on its way to the IRS. Many people stressing out today and dealing with that stress in different ways. According to a survey, almost one in five people say they cope with the hassle of doing their taxes by eating junk food. <laughs> uh, so a little stress eating. And more than one in ten get through it by hitting the sauce. <laughs> yeah, because that's what you want to do. You want to get a load on and then try to do math. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's, that's a, a good, good idea. play right there. That's a good. That's a good combo right there. The top five things we do with our re- uh, refund are pay off debt. Yep. Put it in the bank. 
treat ourselves to something nice, something special, spend it on necessities, and uh, spend it on something big that we really need, like a major car repair or mm-hmm. something like that. Well, as you get older, uh, and especially if you're you're fortunate enough to own a home, the minute you get your tax refund, the water heater goes. Right. <laughs> or the roof leaks, or there's some kind of hole that you can't explain. Towels coming up house. on the patio, right. Something, yeah, bricks are starting to shift. Some, some <laughs> weird mold that no one's ever heard of shows up in the kitchen. It's just the gift of owning a home. Yeah. But, uh, you know, whenever I was growing up, my dad used to do his own taxes, and he would just, you couldn't talk to him during this time. Oh, and no. I never That's understood brutal. it. I was like, what? what's, the, what's the problem? Now I'm an adult? Like, yeah, I get it. That's why <laughs> yeah, I don't do them. Day. I'm not, day. I don't want to be under the covers for a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a new study says people with heart trouble might benefit from drinking coffee and tea every day. Researchers in England found the caffeine in coffee and tea might lead to lower rates of irregular heartbeat. They say consuming the amount of caffeine in three cups of coffee a day might be safe for people with irregular heartbeat. But while caffeine from coffee and tea might be a good thing, researchers are warning people with pre-existing heart conditions to stay away from those energy drinks. That are so awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, stay, that's just terrible. Stay away from We that don't stuff. know what those things are. Just have a cup of coffee. What's the matter? Me and O'Connell always joked that that's every living room in Pittsburgh when you were mm-hmm. kids. This is the conversation. You want a cup of coffee? <laughs> oh, don't go to any trouble. No, it's no trouble. Yeah. Well, are you going to have some? Well, yeah, I'll yeah. have some if you're going to have some. Well, you're going to put some on? I'll put it on. It's no problem. <laughs> well, don't go to any trouble. I was going to put a pot on. Are yeah, you going to have some? Me, me and O'Connell will do that. We do that at the holidays with everybody in the house, and they want to run out the door screaming. <laughs> Patty just wants to run. But anytime anybody brings coffee up, we do the Pittsburgh conversation. Are you going to have some? I'll have some well, if you're going to have some. Don't make it on account of me now. If you want to have some, I'll have some. You want a Sanka? <laughs> yeah, we, we got a rain barrel of Sanka out in the back. <laughs> <laughs> you got that on one of those pull things that drops down like it's iron ore. My mom in our kitchen, Billy, we had we had an ashtray that was the size of a hubcap and it was marble. It was like decorative, you know, and Was it on a stand with like a gold handle? No. Was it one but of those? It was just we had this like this kind of like a bar island kind of thing mm-hmm. so you you just pull up a chair oh yeah light up a smoke and have a cup of coffee god it's, it's beautiful it's great i can't do that anymore <laughs> everything's yeah. been taken away my dad used to have those ashtrays that had like he had a round one in the living room that matched the coffee table it was like brown but the ones in like, like his bathroom or the kitchen they had, they had that like you remember those little glass ones that were really square that had like the razor blade corners yep. mm-hmm. like you yep. could, like if you had if you had to defend yourself you could whip one of those at a guy like a chinese throwing star and put it right yeah. in his heart my grandmother Super heavy glass three of my four grandparents smoked and my grandma smoked paul malls and she oh. always she used a zippo lighter which anytime i hear that click Yeah, it always reminds me of her. But the one ashtray she had, it was a tire. 
It was like a small tire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. And then my mom, I don't know if if uh, if anybody you knew had the like the cigarette pack pouch. Oh, yeah. Where the, it was like oh, chain mail or something. The, you got the, you the, got the lighter. Thing. You, got the li- yeah. you got the smokes in the pouch. You got the, the Bic lighter in the front with two lottery tickets folded <laughs> behind the Bic, Bic lighter. That's, I think, like our, that's, like our, that, you, that's like a Pittsburgh pocket protector. <laughs> I think every woman who smoked probably had one of those. Oh, my God. There was like sequins on it. Yeah. <laughs> we used to have, too, the, you know, the thing that's like kind of stood by the couch. Like it was on a pole, the yeah. ashtray that was on the pole. <laughs> yeah. Because you, God forbid, you get up and get one. You know? <laughs> That's too much effort. Well, we don't need a whole side table here. We really only just want, we just need something to ash in. That's it. That's it. <laughs> well, people are drinking less milk. Sales of traditional milk are projected to drop another 1.2%. This year seems people are opting for the alternative milks like soy, oat, coconut, and almond milk, those sales are projected to rise three percent. Which coconut milk is not like that? Sucks. It's not really Listen, milky. What is it? I'm, I've been on this. I've been on this uh, paleo diet for three days. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Bill. Is that like? Well, it's 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 right up there with being in a penal colony. <laughs> it's it's you can't have anything. Nothing. <laughs> Is it no, and the no only carbs? Thing you can have in your coffee is coconut milk. And let me tell you something. That it just sucks. Ugh. Yeah, Serena's been bringing that into the house recently, and I use it just because I'm an animal because and I'm always ma- running no, late. You're, and- you're to not. Make her you're happy. married. You, you're using it because you're married, and that's what she brought in the house. Yep. <laughs> After 15 years, your will snaps and drains into the shower, and it just goes down the drain. <laughs> and you just do whatever it is you're told to do because you can't fight another fight. It's... If Patty brought in here arsenic and said, this is what we're putting in our coffee, then I would go, thank you, honey. Let me just so – can, can you pass that over here? Thank can, you can so much. Can I have another spoonful? Yeah, I can't have another argument. It's crazy that I actually have a preference. Like, there's a type of creamer that she gets that I like, and yeah. I'll never drink it again if I have to go out and get it myself. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Here's what happens at the beginning of a relationship. I, I think I think women are smarter because they they play the they play the long game. At the beginning, you feel like you're winning all these arguments. They're just letting you punch out. You just punch, they're, they're letting you Rope punch yourself out. Rope and you. Yeah, they let you punch yourself out, and then your punch counts up. You can't. I can't, I can't. And then they then they just start working you. That's it. You're done. You're they done. Come off the ropes, and you just they can't come handle off the it. Ropes and with flurries. You know, Patty does that thing where she puts her jaw at, at me like Sugar Ray Leonard used to. I can't. I can't win. I got nothing. Speaking of marriages, according to a new Google survey, about 20% of brides are choosing to keep their maiden names after marriages, uh, reasons ranging from career to convenience to wanting to maintain their identity and a sense of self. Right. Well, how do you feel about that, Val? I didn't change my name, but it you was... You change yours, right? It was more because I was lazy. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to do the paperwork. Exactly! <laughs> <laughs> So now his name is Tim Porter, and it's just it's uncomfortable. No, I because when I had bought a house that he moved into, and I'm like, 
you know, if I change my name, I'm going to have to change it on all this house stuff and and all the bills. And yeah, it wasn't like, I am woman, hear me roar. It was just like, "Ah, I don't feel like it. (laughs) So much work. So much work. Val Porter, the accidental feminist, (laughs) stumbled right into it. In other relationship news, ladies, would you rather spend time with your best friend or your husband? According to a well, recent, I, I don't think I want to pose that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to ask that question. According I don't to think I want to go in there. a recent survey, fifty percent of the women respondents chose their BFFs. Some of the reasons they gave: we can talk about everything. That's right. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think after, I mean, how long have you guys been married, Val? Uh, be ten years this summer. You're Three ten, years for right. me. You got three, but you guys, you and Serena, have been together a long. Been together time, right? for a long, long time. Yeah. How many years? Uh, about thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. Me and Patty are coming into year eighteen. Okay. Wow. Uh, after a week of each other in eighteen years, you need to talk to your best friend. <laughs> I, she has to go talk to Deborah, <laughs> and and that's what her thing is. And they go out on Thursdays and they go for dinner and some wine and you know, she can talk about how disappointed her life turned out with me living in the house and oh, it's good. I no. think that's healthy. No, it's healthy. I, look, well, you blow each other out after 15 years. You just blow, <laughs> you constantly blow each other out. about, And it's about dumb stuff. It's like if you don't pick up that bowl right after you finish eating, I'm going to kill you. You have conversations like that. So she does that, and I call Deborah my day guy. Deborah's my day shift guy. I like that she's got a best friend she goes out with because I travel all the time, okay? I get my traveling when I do my stand-up, and I get to go to other cities. So when I come home, I want to be home. I don't want to go out. Mm-hmm. So Deborah's like my day guy. She clocks in and takes Patty out for the oh, night. That's nice it. for me. Very and then, nice. we, then we sprinkle a date in there once in a while. And i got to tell you, when I need to get away from her, i got to go find Joey O'Connell from Penn Hills. <laughs> Because I need to laugh about things only me and him are going to laugh about. Guy stuff. We're going to have just, well, me and him are going to have a level of stupid laughter that that doesn't happen. My Patty stares at me. I've heard. She she goes, why is that funny? (laughs) I don't know why that's funny. I've heard you and Joey talk about wings for 30 minutes straight. Yeah. And it was riveting to me. Yeah. Like, I, I was in it. No, it's like a TED talk. <laughs> Other reasons that uh, women would rather ha- hang out with their best friend, she listens more. I can tell her things I could not tell my partner. We well, yeah, but, well, but you know what? Again, listens more, absolutely. I would say that's true because I think married couples, we tune each other out a little bit, a little selective hearing. Mm-hmm. But what what the translation of listens more is I get to be right all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what that means. That you, when you go out with your best friend, basically you're the lawyer and you're just pleading your side of the case. <laughs> That's right. all that's going on. Whether it's you or there's her, no cross examination. You're, you're you're pleading your side of the case and hoping <laughs> that your best friend goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. But the other thing, too, is when you go out with a friend, you're concentrating on the conversation. You're not distracted by other things in the house or the Oh, car. yeah. There's no, like, there's, there's no, you don't have the, the whole, the weight of the baggage from the entire relationship with you. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you just take a small carry-on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and bags are, fl- are free. You know, there's no yeah. charge. There's no Those extra bags charge. free when they're on Friday night. <laughs> we enjoy the same things. We laugh until we cry. I can truly be myself. We go back way further than husband yeah, I have, and wife. I have, I have every bit of that with Joey O'Connell from Penn Hills. She mm-hmm. offers better advice. She's less well, irritating. Well, nah, doesn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> unless it's about a new wing place. Yeah, unless it's another way to... We've actually had a 40-minute conversation on how to grip a hoagie that's got too much mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> got to be prepared for any and all situations. Absolutely. She's less irritating Was made me laugh. Um, mm-hmm. She has a better sense of humor. We go wild when we're together. And the survey also revealed 30% of women said they prefer to have drinks with their friends, and 60% said they have a better time if there aren't any men around. See, I, I wow. don't go wild anymore. Like, my, yeah. my, my sense of friendship is, like, to find another guy who's as defeated as me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that we can just enjoy a nice conversation. You got you to find a couple guys. You, look, after you get over the age of 40 as a man, you have to remember you're no longer a starter. You're not a starter anymore. You're a six-inning, seven-inning guy. You got to get six outs and go back to the bench without an injury. <laughs> you're a that, middle that's reliever. Who you are. You're middle relief right now. That's it. <laughs> Forecast today, windy and cold snow and rain, upper 30s for the high today. It's 32 now at DV. Soup weather in April. Crazy. I had to pull some chili. Too much soup. I made chili a couple of weeks ago and froze some of it. I had to pull it out of the freezer this morning. Uh, Mike Pursuit is up next. He's got sports. Penguins taking on the Flyers tomorrow night, game four in Philadelphia. (laughs) It's It's the DVE morning show. I'm Mike Pursuit of Fort DVE Sports, brought to you this hour by Caseta by Lutron Smart Lighting Controls. Penguins uh, are getting ready for game four in, <laughs> the Pens! in Philadelphia Wednesday night. They are getting ready here in Pittsburgh. They came home Sunday after their 5-1 to victory in game three. They took yesterday off. They will practice today and then head back. To Philly, hopefully for the final time this year, Val. I like the way you were thinking last hour. Win, yeah. Win Wednesday, wrap it up Friday. Get it, get her done. Finish them off at home. Take some time between series. Uh, one way for the Penguins to get that done would be to take uh, perhaps fewer penalties. Their penalty kill is 11 out of 13 in the series, but 13 power play opportunities for the Flyers in three games. A, a few too many. Here's Mike Sullivan on a conference call yesterday talking about that very subject well i think uh just the amount of penalties that have been called in the in the series so far is an indication of how the referees are calling the game they're calling it as they see it i think uh discipline is is of the utmost importance if we're going to put ourselves in the best position to succeed we've got to make sure that we don't give a dangerous flyers power play too many opportunities to be the difference in the game yeah, that's just one area where the Penguins can get better. Sullivan talked about uh, several of those yesterday, including uh, 
make making sure they're diligent on the back check and picking people up coming into the defensive zone when Philadelphia's on the rush. Don't uh, give open looks, as they say in basketball. Make sure you uh, defend it the way you want to defend it, that your defensive zone coverage does not break down and provide easy opportunity. Uh, there are others. Uh, Mike Sullivan, one of those guys who believes that, uh, as a lot of uh, good coaches do, that a team never truly arrives. I think it's important for teams to get better each and every day. I don't think a team ever arrives at their game. I think it's a, it's always a constant, um, it's a constant challenge to try to improve and get better both as individuals and as a group. And so I don't think that process ever stops just because we're in the playoffs. So, uh, certainly our team is no different. There are areas where we, where we know we can improve and get better. Yeah, that, uh, the way they've gone about it the last two years is uh, they've always believed they can play better than they just played, and then you do that through the Stanley Cup, and then you have a parade. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. And then you try to be better still the next year. Yeah, yeah, you just keep winning them until people hate you. <laughs> That's where we are. I think we're there. We're there right now. One more will really do it. Oh, One yeah. more couple <laughs> really yeah. do it. <laughs> yep. Really do it. I'll be able to walk through all these different cities, airports, in my Penguins jersey and just feel the disgust as I walk through the airport. <laughs> Rockies beat the Pirates 6-2 to two last night at PNC Park. <laughs> the Buccos! The battling box! First enthusiastic box out of Mr. Gardell this year. Hey, yeah, there's well, reason I to... I had to wait until we got about eight wins in before I started thinking, hey, hold on, now hold the phone, everybody. And it's not mid-May. Yeah, yeah. 11 to 5. Well, you know, let's, let's, uh, uh, yeah, huh? Huh? That's how I talk about the Pirates when people say, they're good this year. I go, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Williams against Chad Bettis tonight in Game 2 of the Colorado Series. Pirates are going to be without Josh Harrison for approximately six weeks. Uh, he sustained, what happened to him, Mikey? He Broke sustained a fracture to the fifth metacarpal of his left hand, Bill. I, I like that guy. Got hit by a pitch Sunday against the Marlins. Yeah, it took a 96-mile-per-hour fastball off the hand. God, and against the Marlins, who cares? Does that, I, I'm surprised anyone. I'm surprised they even turn on the electricity when that team plays. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They're almost as unbearable as Marlins, man. It's, it's horrible. Hey, who, who's the kid we got that threw two full games already? Dion. Yeah. Uh, here's a little note to the Bucks. Let's not bust his arm by July, okay? <laughs> Just because he can throw nine, he don't need to go nine a lot, okay? So take it easy on him. My wish for you. Well, if you don't use too many pitches, Bill, you can you can get away with that. I, I worry. I worry, Mike. If I you're worry. that efficient. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're, they're, the ceiling is sky high for that kid. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He could be something special. Yeah, he should be. Uh, and my boy the other day. Palazzo. He should be lighting it up for the Dodgers in, in about four years, Bill. <laughs> 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 You'll get a real good look at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about 2023. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be able to follow his career more closely. Yeah. Uh, hey, we've been talking a lot about uh, James Harrison today and the reaction to his retirement. Bill, it is fortuitous that you're on here, because i got a question for you regarding Harrison. Yeah. Hall of Famer, yes or no? Yeah, he is. 
Can you elaborate? Yes. Uh, I, I think that uh, just for that, uh, that, that amazing interception in the Super Bowl where he went 99 yards and then slid on a guy into the end zone, <laughs> I think we've got to give him that. I, th- I, think, uh, I think his numbers are good. But I think what he brought to the Steelers intensity-wise has to be measured as well. I would agree uh, with you. And, and I think he, he, he lands in that category of great Steelers that made Steelers better. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The and pro- it really hurts to say that after last year, i got to tell you. It hurts to say that, but that's the truth. The problem is I don't think he's going to get credit for that intensity, that presence, that uh, intangible it's just menacing. Uh, impact. Uh, great word, menacing. Menacing is a good word. That's a good word. Yeah, great word. But uh, I, I spoke uh, about a half an hour ago with uh, a guy who we have a, as a frequent guest on the program, Rick Goslin from the Dallas Morning News and right. the Talk of Fame Network. Rick is on the committee that decides whether or not guys are Hall of Famers. He uh, said Harrison will be discussed, and he should be discussed, but he called him a probable long shot in terms of his chances to get in. Uh, the problem, according to Rick... In period or first... No, in period. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. The problem, Rick said, with outside linebackers in 3-4 defenses is they're supposed to get sacks. If you don't have 100 in your career, which Harrison does not, that's, right. kind, of, that's kind of a line of demarcation. He said, in Harrison's favor, uh, the Super Bowl rings help because 69% of those in Canton won a championship... Uh, he's right. got he's got the splash play, the Super Bowl play, and some others in his career. Of People know who he was. He's got that wow factor, but uh, he did not make an All Decade team, and uh, mm. t- it took him a little while to become a starter. So he doesn't have the longevity in terms of being a dominant player. Some of the guys who have never even been discussed at linebacker for the Hall of Fame: Clay Matthews, Wilbur Marshall, Andy Russell, Levon Tur- Kirkland. Tommy Nobis, Cornelius Bennett, Carl Banks. Those, Pretty big names. Yeah. There's a backlog well, at if, linebacker. If Andy Russell and Kirkland ain't in. I don't know how good his chances are. Yeah. So it's, he might be one of those guys that was, uh, you know, maybe more Hall of Fame worthy to his local team than. Makes the yeah, Ring of on, Honor, though, probably. A, right? I would think oh, so. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, Steelers he's got, I mean, on a team that has such a rich legacy at that position. He's got the record for sacks. That's that's pretty significant. Yep. Boy, it's hard getting in that Hall of Fame, Mike. Yeah, and it should be, right? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's not the Hall of Pretty Good. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, they should have that. I'd like to uh, like to see that open up somewhere. Yeah, we need to do. We had the Hall of. He did all right. He's okay. <laughs> He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> the Hall of Fine. fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> now, He's, worry about that. He's in fine. You put the Hall of. He did okay. Right next to the O. Just to be discussed as one of those uh, finalists is. You got to be, so no, yeah. well, partic- particularly at that position. The other problem is just defense in general doesn't get the love that offense gets. It's almost two to one, offensive players versus defensive players in terms of the you know the rank and file, if you will. Mm-hmm. Is that because defense is maybe a little bit harder to rack up gaudy Not statistics? Not as many stats, exactly. Yeah, I mean, Goose had a great a great quote where he said. Look, we're going to turn away nine, ten 
all pro, all decade yeah. guys this year, they're not going to make it into the Hall of Fame. That's that's how stacked the classes are. Yeah, it's hard to get there. And, uh, you know, certainly the amount of linebackers that are not Hall of Famers that could easily be backs that up. But uh, great career, James Harrison. One of the one of the most interesting guys I've ever been around. Mm-hmm. You just you never knew what was coming next with him. And that, that, one of the scariest, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just a, a master intimidator. He was uh, a different breed of cat. You can say that again. You know, there's a, Le'Veon Bell's a great runner. They've had great running backs before. Antonio Brown's a great receiver. They got a couple receivers in the Hall of Fame. They got linebackers in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if they've had one like James Harrison. Hmm. Sounds good. How many? How many? How many guys we got in the Hall now? Top of my head, fifteen. Yeah. Wow. We should just have our own room. <laughs> a wing. We should have our own room up there. Thanks, Mike. Uh, Bill Crawford is a big fan of the new Elvis documentary that's on HBO and Billy. That I a, did see. Boy, that was great. Yeah, you have a little insight into that uh, since you played Colonel Tom Parker in Sun Records. I did. So, well, I got to tell you, I felt even worse about it after watching this. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's why I kind of wanted to talk about that this morning with you, Bill. So. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we come back. It's a DV morning show. Gosh. It's the DVE Morning Show. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford, Mike Pursuta, and live from Los Angeles, Billy Gardell. And we got into it just uh, briefly before the break. Uh, the new Elvis documentary that's on HBO. Is it called yeah. Searching or The Searcher? Elvis, The Searcher. The Searcher. Yeah. Yep. It's a two-part documentary. It just debuted on Saturday night. Yeah, really amazing. And uh, I tell you... It made me feel even worse about being Colonel Parker after watching that. Boy, that guy, just no soul in him at all, man. What a swindle. No soul in him at all. Yeah, you know, I, it was, it, it, it's fun to play a person with no conscience, you know, because you, you, he just didn't care about anything but money, nothing but money and his own satisfaction. And he cared more about winning the deal, I think, than he did actually profiting. I mean, they were neck and neck. He wanted to dominate every deal. You know, when, um, when uh, Parker got Elvis, he did this in a span of about two and a half weeks, which is this kind of deal would take months nowadays. He went and found out Sun Records, Sam Phillips, was running low on money, okay? So he finds out that Phillips is going to go broke and ain't going to be able to keep the record store open where they they make records, Sun Studios. Mm -hmm. So he got that information. Then what he wants is Elvis because he sees him play on the hayride, and he goes, this kid's going to be a star. Everybody wanted Elvis to be a country singer. The colonel saw this kid could be this new thing, rock and roll. So he wants Elvis, can't get him from Phillips, finds out information that Phillips has uh, money trouble. So then he goes to RCA without anybody's permission and starts pitching a deal for Elvis and gives them a timeline of, I think, 10 days or 7 days, uh, non-negotiable, and he wants money from RCA. Then he sneaks back around and talks to Elvis's parents gets them to sign a, a release that they, he can solicit new uh, a new record deal for Elvis without Phillips knowing. That's then, crazy. And by the way, when he went into RCA to make the deal for Elvis, he had just screwed them out of a lot of money from Eddie Arnold. Okay, 
but that, but RCA knew that Elvis was coming, and they got interested, and they were going to do that deal. So then he goes back to his partner, who he had conned into being the half-owners of this company with him. And because he wanted Elvis all to himself, he, he talks his partner into quitting the partnership they've owned. So he gets his own propriety, makes his own thing. He goes around back. He gets... He gets Elvis's parents' permission without anybody knowing. He sets up a deal with RCA that nobody knows about. Then he circles back to Sam Phillips and says, "Look, I'll give you. Uh, you give me Elvis. I'm going to take him to RCA and make him the size star that he should be. Hmm. I'm going to give you a small percentage of that deal, and in that money that I'm going to give you from that deal, you're going to be able to save your record company. Everybody's going to be able to say Elvis was discovered there, and I get Elvis. Otherwise, you and Presley both sink with the ship. And he did all of that in two weeks. Hmm. That is amazing. And and, and they, they, do, they do hit on the, the thing about uh, Tom Parker going to – Elvis's parents, but they don't get in that in depth about his backdoor swindling. Like I knew that he was a promoter, and I, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize how much he manipulated things to keep Elvis under his thumb. Like how Absolutely. much he, he 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 kind of slowed down and 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 retarded Elvis's progression, just so that he could keep him under under his. Uh, under his wraps, you know, so he yeah, wouldn't get too big. There's a, uh, there's, uh, well, he wanted to keep him isolated, you know, and, and all his friends knew that if you spoke out in the wrong way, the colonel would make sure that you weren't allowed on the property or around Elvis anymore. And he kept him, you know, he kept him pretty codependent in a, in a, in a weird, weird way. And, and, and uh, again, he wouldn't have been Elvis without Parker, but boy, he paid a price for that. And here, there's there's a legendary story of his manipulation that I choose to believe, and I heard it from three or four people in Memphis that were around at that time. And the first time Elvis went to Las Vegas, it was a it was a bomb. It flopped. It was terrible. The colonel booked him out there, and it was just it didn't work out. And Elvis was very upset about it and told him he never wanted to go to Vegas again. And the colonel said, of course not. And, of course, years later, he became the biggest thing Vegas ever had. (laughs) But when they went out there, Elvis was so mad because the colonel had screwed up the way it was promoted, and it was a, it was a big flop, and he'd had you know several things leading up to that where he was going to get rid of the colonel, and the colonel got wind of this. And the legend has it, and I believe this. After the people I talked to that knew this guy and learned what I learned about him, I, I believe this to be true. I, don't, I can't say for sure it is, but I believe it just from the folks that I spoke to in Memphis. The colonel pays off two guys in, in the ambulance at the local hospital and a doctor at the local hospital. He fakes a heart attack when he finds out Elvis is mad at him. <clears throat> they rush him to the hospital. So as Elvis is on his way to finally fire the colonel, someone says he's had a heart attack. He's at the hospital. And, of course, Elvis runs in there, and, uh, you know, he's worried about him and because he had that kind of hold on him, and he's worried about him kind of like a father. And, and the colonel says, please, I'll just promise you'll never leave me. Mm. And and uh, and that he manipulated him into staying, and oh, that was man. it, man. He he never really got it. He was never able to escape that grasp, you know. That's crazy. Yeah, and he he did run Elvis into the ground. Those those last three years of his life, when he really needed <clears throat> to be taking a break and to be getting 
healthy and to to try to to recover from his divorces and and all the stuff that was going on in his life. I right, mean, those tours do, he put together. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He made him do the last three years of his life. He did over three. Three and three hundred and fifty concerts, or some crazy thing like that. And they literally, it was he was at the point where he had to take drugs to to wake up and drugs to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And it was just too much, man. It was too much, and it was all about making that money. It was all about he literally ran the mule until it passed out. I just can't believe he wasn't discovered for his lies. Like when whenever Elvis was in the army and he had to keep sending him telegrams because he couldn't leave the country and he had to keep making up excuses like i just can't believe that he was never discovered well i think he was a master like i said a master manipulator and and back then you know you only had to con three or four people all the lights weren't on you about everything you know so uh and then lies weren't as discoverable right and i think he's uh i think he um you know, as much as Elvis cared about him and and felt like he needed him and was made to believe that he needed him, you know, you look past a lot of stuff. You don't believe the truth. One of the hardest things in life is to believe the truth about someone you really care about. To think that they're doing you wrong is a hard thing to swallow. Billy Gardell, live from Los Angeles. Thanks for joining us this morning. Tell people again about your big news in case they missed it earlier this morning. I will be performing live with a special guest at the Benetton downtown November 17th, shows at 7.30, doors open at 6.30. You can get your information at uh, WDVE.com. It's actually just DVE.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to, uh, what's that? What's, uh, Trustarts.org. Uh, that's it. www.trustarts.org or 412-456-6666. Uh, tickets go on sale Friday, 10 a.m. and Or you can get them at the pre-sale this Thursday, from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., and the password is Yinzer. Yins, get your Kennywood shoes on and come down and have some fun with me. Awesome. So excited to hear that news this morning. Thanks for joining us, Billy. Love you guys. Love you, too. Thanks to Mike Lang as well for joining us this morning. Tomorrow on the show, we'll be joined by Jeff Conkle, the old 2-9er, Phil Bork, and, of course, Mark Madden as we get ready for the Penguins in Game 4 against the Flyers tomorrow night. Mike Seals in next for Michelle Michaels. He'll have the electric lunch at noon on DVE. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.